check, check, check. If you're hearing the sound of my voice, that means you're now tuned into Chapter 54 of the Introverted Intuition Podcast. My name is Jeff. Uh, today I got um, a, a super requested guest to come back on the show with me, uh, my boy CR. Say what's up to the people, bro. What's going on, everybody? It's your man, CR, a.k.a. Conscious Rap. Jeff, by the way, I have to say that intro was super smooth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> usually I, felt I, like, I felt like I was on a jazz channel. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, usually I bumble my words, especially when I do the social show sometimes by myself. And I'm just uh, trash, but I got I got mad confidence right now I for some reason. I've seen that. I'm like, oh, snap. Word. It's a different side of Jeff. <laughs> word, word. How you been, man? Man, I've been good, yo. I've been um, working, bro. You know, last time I was on here, I had KC, Kelly KC, and I had Maji with me. Shout out to them. We're, shout out to them, man. They're doing real good right now. We just finished recording a record. It's called On a Mission. Mm. Man, and, you know, uh, the mixing, everything on there is crazy. I'm getting ready to drop that single with them soon because, oh, you know, I want to put them out there. So it's just like we've been working on that for a while, and we just had finally got the mixing done, and it sounds really good, and it's, you know, it's ready. Now we're just trying to do some cover art okay. put that thing out. Yep. Does Casey have a track with Juice World? I saw him tease that on Instagram. Is that true? <laughs> uh I don't, I don't think so. Oh, okay. Because I, I don't know. I saw that. I was like, yo, this, yo, they're about to pop. If that, that that record drop, yo, yo, I think I would have heard about that. Oh, okay. <laughs> you see, he, he, maybe he, he hiding from you, trying to surprise you too. I don't know. I saw that yeah. shit. I was like, damn, these niggas really got like at a hot new artist right now. Like, damn. I don't know. I can't say yes or no because I didn't talk to him about that. But I feel like I would have heard about that if he did. Though. Okay, cool. And uh, flows drop. Yes, Since last time you were here. Yes, How's yes. the reception been of that? Yo, honestly, I've been getting so much love from Flows. Like, people have been listening to it and, you know, it's doing numbers on SoundCloud. I saw. I know, like, one of the, like, I'm trying to figure out which song it was. I think All the Way Up just hit, like, 50,000 plays Shit. or something like that. Yeah. Track two and track six were actually my favorites on the, on the project. I, I can't remember. I get the names switched up. Uh, I can't remember the names off top. Do you remember anything from the song so I could tell you? I just remember... I don't. I don't. I can't. I'm fucking blanking right now. Track it. two and track. You have six tracks, right? Yeah. It was yeah. Like seven, six or seven. Seven. Right, seven so tra- I remember track two and track six. I really can't recall the name because I heard the project t- three times. Okay. The same day it dropped, and okay. that was a little bit while ago. But excuse me for that. No, no problem. Um, but people have been receptive of it. They've been pretty receptive, man. And like you know, I did have. Like one or two people who said that my album itself was better than this mixtape, which okay. is anticipated because it's free music. Yeah. So I kind of like I'm not saying that I held back or anything, but you know clearly, um, you know my albums are going to be better than my mixtapes, and this were you know this project was just it was all industry beats, so hmm. it was more or less to show people my lyrical versatility and also showing them you know that I had bars, you know I had to hop on something you know just like Weezy did back in the day, you know he hop on some industry beats just to show off. Man, yo, you know what, B? I wanted to hear you on Coffee Bean, man. You know what's crazy? I, I love that want, song. I wanted you on Coffee Bean. I, I think it came out. A- album came out after Flows came out. That's crazy. So, I really do love that song on his album. It's the best song on the album, in my opinion. Because yeah. I, I never heard Travis Scott like that ever before. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's a different side of Travis, definitely. Word. Um... And you're working on the album now? Yes, man. It's called Love, Peace, and Beats. And you know what's so crazy, yo? Last night, because, you know, I started, um, me and K-Rock, my partner, uh, we've been learning how to be more self-sufficient, you know, working on our engineering and our producing. So our producing and our engineering just got really good. So last night I was recording, and I recorded this song that I I think is going to be the first song released for the fall. It's called Orange Leaves. 
It's a single. It's good enough. It's for a, a single. Sing- it's a single. Like, I think that song. It, it defines. I think it represents who I am as an artist. Like I think that's truly like conscious rap. Wow. Okay. So was Stranger Things was the project, the single for Audio Art, right? Yeah. That is still my shit to this day. I put that shit in the gym. So <laughs> does how does it kind of compare to that in a way? Does it have the same kind of feeling? Or- I would say this one is more nostalgic and it's more um, a slightly more melancholy, but it's like. You know, still got a bop to it because it's a, a boom bap beat. Mm-hmm. Um, I got it from a producer on SoundCloud. His name is Solus. Wow. Yeah, he's he's a, he's a dope producer. You know, and I bought the beat off him. And you know, last night I recorded it, engineered it, put everything together. I mean, I don't know right now. I mean, maybe because it's fresh, yeah, but yeah. for me, it's just like, yo, I think that song is really like. I mean, this this album's gonna have a lot of good songs. You know what I'm saying? How many songs do you, do you know right now off top? Yeah, I want to have twelve. 12, like, twelve, perfect amount. Yeah. Perfect. I want to have at least twelve. I already, you know, started working on the track list. I'm actually having my first official like studio uh, recording session this Saturday. Right. And I'm going. I'm bringing out everybody on my label. Like, I want everybody to come through six to eight at um, Cerebral Sound Studio. Shout out to Solo and the whole CSMG crew. You know, we're gonna be over there in Elizabeth recording. So. That's on Saturday. I have mad questions when it comes to making music, and it's perfect that you're here. Yeah. And first thing, when it comes to naming the songs, how do how does that come about? Because like for example, we were just talking about Travis Scott Coffee Bean. Right. I don't think he well he mentions Coffee Bean in it, but like that's not really the theme of the song. Yeah. Yeah. So like, how do you go about naming the songs? In my opinion, right. All right. So me personally, I like to take the smallest minute detail within the song you try and make it the title because hmm. then it gives off that like yo he got this out of nowhere but then if you really listen to the song I might have said it like once or twice in the song gotcha. right and then sometimes you just want to go completely left and have a title that has nothing to do with like it has something to do with the song but mm-hmm. you have to explain what it has to do with the song you know what I'm saying like gotcha. for me like this song Orange Leaves you wouldn't really understand why I call it Orange Leaves based just on the song you would have to know why I call it Orange Leaves right Right. And next, how does it when it comes to sequencing the album, like how do you know what, what track is track one, track two, blah, blah, blah? Like how I, do you decide that? I kind of decide that when I'm in the process of writing. Obviously, I don't write the whole album all at one time because Love, Peace and Beast has been, you know, I've been writing that since last year. Right. Like as soon as I was done with audio art, I started working on my next album, like writing it. Hmm. Um, so the way I come up with the sequence is really based on, uh, you know, the vibe that I'm trying to give throughout the song, uh, throughout the album. Like if somebody listens to it from track one to 12, I have kind of an energy and a story that I want you to feel as you're listening throughout the album right. so that way it's just honestly uh you know different levels of different vibes on every song that ultimately just gives you a great experience kind of like a drug like you want to somebody yes. you want to start high and then end low yes like, and like. that's another one of my strategies like i try you know to start from like i mean all the songs are gonna be fire but you know <laughs> sure, <yeah. laughs> from like humble bread the, like the least fire to the most fire Boy, oh shit so <laughs> yeah. like uh fucking Fucking candle to like a fucking inferno. Exactly. I guess. I don't like, know, like, that's another one of the ways that I choose my sequencing. Yeah. Right. So it's like that too. Is there going to be like any Haitian influence on the album? You know, it's so funny you say that because um, my producer, Exotic, uh, he's from Elizabeth. He produced this song called Day Ones. Mm-hmm. And it actually does have some Haitian influence, but not from our Haitian music, Compa, but it does have Creole being spoken into the hook. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay, that's definitely. I don't think there's too many Haitian hip hop artists like that. That, that use the, their the culture court, yeah. and put it in their music. I, I, I can't think of one. I mean, I'm but there's Haitian, a lot so. of Haitian artists, yeah. even popular, like mainstream artists who are Haitian, but they don't put their culture in their music. I wonder why that is, because I feel like that's that's your 
that's you. Like yeah, you're, you're. I agree. So I think at the same time though, it's because you know it's it's kind of I don't want I don't know I guess it's kind of hard to bring in your Haitian culture into the hip hop because the music's as far as sonically speaking is totally different. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like trap music, compa, it's like completely different. I feel people try to chase a certain sound because there are mm-hmm. the same kind of bop is consistent throughout hip hop, mm-hmm. and people try to chase that sound to get a hit, and then maybe that's when they decide to you know go back to the roots and get that influence in there. I agree. Do you like tune out other music when you're making an album as opposed to making a mixtape? Um, it's funny you say that because yes and no because yeah. I spend a lot of time in my car. So literally I listen to music probably like seven hours a day. Hmm. So it's kind of hard for me to not listen to other people's music even if I am working on a, a project. But I don't know. I guess you would say more or less when I'm recording. Obviously, I'm not listening to anybody because I'm just focusing on memorizing my lyrics and trying to deliver it a certain type of way. But I do get inspired from certain songs or certain records that I hear on the radio or I'll listen to a certain playlist that I've created or album. Like I I like to stay up to date with new music. So I I kind of like I can't avoid listening to music. But you don't let it influence your sound, though, right? I mean, you've gotten comparisons to other artists, but you don't let it take control of you. No, I don't let it take control of me. Like, I don't try to mimic anybody, but at the same time, I do like to listen to what, you know, lyrical trends or what flow trends are are, are dope right now. Mm-hmm. You know, and if it's something I, I like to play with because I like playing with different flows, you know, I might play with a different flow or make a twist to it and make it sound like something original. But, you know, I never imitate anybody. Word. Mm-hmm. You're going to have uh, your artists, some of your artists on the album? Like any f- features we should be th- looking out for? Um, Let me think. I want to put On a Mission on my album. Okay. I would like to put that. I mean, it's going to be a single, but I would also add it, like, you know, as a bonus track or something. Hmm. Um, who else? I mean, you know, it's funny you say that because me and K-Rock, we need a song together. Me and him. Yo, we your ha- boy K-Rock is dope. I'm sad he wasn't here. He was supposed to come oh. one other time, right? Yeah, but yeah. I think we got to catch him on the weekend. That guy is dope, He's bro. Dope. Like, yeah. <laughs> like y'all so, together kind of remind me of, like, I'm trying to think of, like, an iconic hip-hop duo. Like, who really flows on a track, like... Back to back. I don't know. Like Styles and P and Jada? Yeah, Styles and Jada. Like, yeah. That's a perfect example. By the way, we need a new Jada album soon, man. That's right. top five dead or a lot. But um <laughs> like you trying to get you getting Casey and and uh Maji on there too? Or? Of course, like, you know, I would like to get um, you know, probably like one more track with them. But I mean I do have on the mission. That's kind of yeah. like the song that I want to put on my album. Um, you know, to cover that feature. Because, you know, more or less like I don't want to sound selfish but my album is more or less for my for me you know what I'm saying I'm trying to but at the same time like you know oh I am going to have Steady Rock Steady Rock's on my album we have a song called Fine Wine He's a dope artist from Linden. Okay. Singer, um, rapper? He's a rapper. Okay. And he's dope. We we have a song called uh, uh, Fine Wine. So that song's going to be on the album. Um, it's just funny you're asking me this because I'm just trying to remember who, you know, everything that I have. And, you know, it's funny. I had a couple other features with people mm-hmm. that, you know, I recorded with and I was considering putting it on the album. But it really depends on the completion of those projects. Like, I have one song with an artist named Rover. Mm. And I want to get, you know, I actually have two songs with him. And I might, you know, add that on there. Or I'm thinking of just putting them out as regular singles and me and him can, you know, go half on the promotion behind that. Yeah. And let it be something a little separate from the album so that way it's like another stream of revenue too. You know what I'm saying? You know what I noticed about your projects up to this point? Like, you don't have, like, interludes. You just have straight music, like, three-minute, like, th- songs each track. Like, is that by on purpose? Or you just want, like, your message out there as much as possible and you don't want to sacrifice a track for an interlude? Like... 
It's funny you mention that because I want to start making more interludes. Get me on an interlude talking some shit, man. All like, right, we can make that happen. I'll fucking do that. I'll say whatever. Like, I'm down, yo. Teach me some Creole. I'll see if some Creole <laughs> on there. Like, It's funny you mention that because I really was thinking because, you know, I'm listening to a lot of um, music and a lot of albums now are starting to have, like, interludes. And yeah. even, like, I like the way, like, SZA did uh, the interludes on her Control album. Yeah, the like, one, Wavy. That's just wavy. My, yeah, that's my shit. Yes, with, with James Frontalroy. Yeah. Yeah. So, like... That's how I would want to do my interlude, still like musical, not, and then I also want to have some comedy. Like I, <laughs> I literally like have been in brainstorming on the type of interludes. My interludes are going to be so random. Give yourself some time. Like I yeah. think that should come. Like that, that should eventually come. I feel because like I feel interludes kind of put a whole album together in a certain I agree. way. Like it's like I a agree. nice little bow on top. Because a lot of the times, most you know, a lot of the best albums are iconic because of those interludes. Like people just memorize some of the funniest interludes from like certain albums. Yeah. And it's just like I agree. I have a okay. So yeah, let's just say the next album. What's what's it called again? My bad. Love, peace, and beats. Let's say love, peace, and beats is the album that takes you to a whole nother level of stardom. You got blue checks on every form of social media. What type of celebrity do you think you'll be like? Do you have you? Will you like be? Yeah, let's let you answer. What type of celebrity do you think you'll be? All right, honestly, I want to aspire to be the same person that I am now, just more intelligent. Hmm. Uh, you know, a better version of myself. I don't want to ever be this superficial, chauvinistic, materialistic person. Right. But at the same time, I do like nice things. And I do like, you know, enjoying myself, but I never want that success to define me. Mm. You know, if you only know me for my success and you don't know me for the person that I am, yeah. I failed. I want you to know me for who I am as an artist, as a person. Let the success just be a result of who I am. Because I look at artists like I want to get more into Kanye a bit later, but yeah. he's a completely different person than when he came out. He's so he's good, gone man. like. I just wonder if that's like part of the fame or like. I feel like if, if this pop when this podcast like pops off to another level, I feel like I'm gonna be a bit more of an asshole just to people it, it, who it's, didn't it's, believe it's, it's, mostly. Yeah, and it's like understandable. I feel like, I feel like change is a bit inevitable, but you to me seeing you and knowing you, I feel like you're not gonna change that much. I feel like right. you just be a bit more like fuck. Like you'll be like a lot more nonchalant about the little stuff. You'll yeah. be a bit more cocky, a little bougie. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, put, put, my friends call me boost. Yeah, <laughs> put like the pics on the Instagram with your watch and the shoe, like in the money stack in the background, like in um, the Louis bag. Yeah, but your goal is to like become famous, right? Yeah, man. Like ultimately, and you know, I think the biggest thing I do, you know, the fame would be good, you know, the money, but it's the recognition. And mm. I think the difference between recognition and fame, because you could be famous. And nobody really knows what you do. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because there's people the like that. Yeah. No, everybody's just like, okay, what what do you do? You're yeah. famous. I want recognition. I want to be recognized for my work. I want to be recognized for my company. You know, I want JOTF Records, Jump Out the Frame <laughs> Entertainment to be recognized globally. Mm. Like, that is my ultimate goal. I want, you know, I want it to live beyond CR. You know what I'm saying? I want it to continue even after I'm gone. You don't, you know, you still hear some of the top artists coming from JOTF Records. Like, I want that to happen, like, 20 years from now. So 20, 20 years from now, would you also like to just be behind the desk and let everyone else get the money? You'll stop. So you'll eventually you stop rapping. Like, yeah, you won't ruin your legacy like Eminem's doing right now, in my opinion. <laughs> Eminem's legacy is completely ruined. You know, he, uh, yeah, go ahead. No, I don't want to go on a rant because, no. like, <laughs> Eminem's out of my top five. That's what I'll say. He's officially out of the top five oh, uh, best rappers man. of all time, in my opinion. Right. But... 
It's like so. That's your goal to be behind the desk, giving the orders. Like, like drop this album yeah. November. Like, and like basically being an executive producer, helping you know all the other artists. Like, I love artist development. Yeah, I love working with artists and helping them write, helping them record, giving them tips on you know uh, beat selection, you know things like that. Like, kind of being a coach. Hmm. You know, I want to be a coach at one point. You know what I'm saying? I love rapping, and you know, I love I love making music. I probably never stop making music, but I feel like. I don't know. I feel like I'll probably get to a certain point where I won't perform anymore. You know mm. what I'm saying? Like, I'll probably just drop music just to drop it. Like, especially if I got the stain, I know I could drop a project and it'll still sell. Like, right. you know what I'm saying? It probably just pop out for special performances. I kind of want to get your take on this, too. Uh, I like to think of myself as, like, a multi-talented creative person. And I, I have many different outlets that, that I like to do. Like, I like to do this podcast. I love to write. Mm-hmm. Um, just hearing you talk, it seems like music is your main goal, but mm-hmm. you obviously are good at other things. Yeah. Like... Do you plan on maintaining just music and then when you get to a comfortable space, you'll do different things? Yes. I want to get into, like, film production, man. Okay. Like, I love movies. Like, I took a film study class in college and it changed my life. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like with the right team, right cast, the right writers, I think... I have the eye to be a really good director, like because when I watch films and I watch TV shows, I analyze them not only in the perspective of the viewer, but the uh, perspective of the directors and the producers. Yeah, and, you know, I think about the, you know, wow, they got this angle and they probably had to, you know, switch to this angle. Like, you know, I just analyze it that way, and I feel like it's very, you know, possible. I um. I've been working on this screenplay for like two years. I, I mm-hmm. will, you need to fucking produce that for me. Like, <laughs> I, I'm not gonna put out exactly what it's about, but because it's still like a work in progress. But okay. that, that's dope. I um, I also pay attention to movies a bit different too, like mm-hmm. the music in films. Mm-hmm. People don't like really pay attention to like how much like these original songs are mm-hmm. created for mm-hmm. films. Like one movie I could think of in particular that has a great soundtrack is uh, Have you seen Gone Girl with Ben Affleck, Rosamund Ros- Rosamund Pike? Mm-hmm. I feel like I. I feel like I did see that. That sounds so familiar. It's based off the Jillian uh, Flynn book. Came out 2014. Hmm. If not, but like, I don't know. I just, people don't pay attention to anything other than what's on the screen sometimes. Sometimes. They're missing so much more, I feel. Yeah, because soundtracks are super important. Absolutely. Super important. So let's get to the shits. Fuck Eminem, man. (laughs) Eminem career, Eminem's legs. I took notes, like mad notes, because my thoughts were so, I was going crazy listening to Eminem's last album, Kamikaze, and the disc. What did you think about it? All right, so Kamikaze is better than Revival. Okay, I agree. But Eminem, he's still ruining his legacy by continuing mm-hmm. to put out music. He should have retired long ago. Mm-hmm. He's not on the same level as Jay-Z at all. Jay-Z has shown growth. Mm-hmm. Eminem has shown no type of progression. Lyrically, he has, but like just every content-wise, he's still like on that childish Marshall Mathers shit. Like. And you know it's funny? You sound like Joe Budden because Joe Buttons was saying the same thing, but me, I agree, though. Yeah. Like... He, he said something that stuck with me. He was like, you're just putting a whole bunch of words together. Yeah, he's not saying shit, He's not though. saying anything. I'm like, damn. Am I so lost in the wordplay that I was just, like, baffled by the fact that he wasn't putting out any content for real? And I don't want, like, an introspective, like, super conscious album from ev- anyone, like, all the time. But when you're not even saying anything, like, all these years later, we're not even getting into a dive into your life. And I don't know where current. his life is at. We don't even know where he is. No. Where does he live? He's still in Detroit? Like... <laughs> Is he still at 8 Mile? Like, I don't know anything. Eminem might have the same birthday, yo. And it kind of freaks me out. Oh, because, wow. Yeah. When's like, your birthday? October 17th. Wow. When I saw that, I was like, no, this can't be. I, I'm nothing like this guy. That's like, so crazy. Other than that. But I just think he's really ruining his legacy at this point. Like, responding to Machine Gun Kelly, even though Machine Gun Kelly's diss was worthy of a response. Right. You're Eminem, bro. What are you doing? Like, 
I just think like these petty lines and these trash lines, like like towards Joe Budden beating women, he was it was proven in court that he didn't beat anybody. Like it's just corny to me. Like I think he's really he should have retired long ago, in my mm. opinion. I get you. I feel you. I feel like you know Eminem. He's definitely not the same artist that he used to be. You know what I'm saying? He doesn't have like I I, I hate to sound like an asshole when I say this, but I liked him better when he was on drugs. Yeah. Like I'm certain sorry. people need to stay on it's, drugs. It's, man. it's the truth. Like you know, I know health comes first, mental health. I'm all about that. But it's just like honestly though, his music was better when he was actually because it, it it came from somewhere. Well, I think his best album is Recovery. I think he mm-hmm. was getting sober at that time, but mm-hmm. still the drugged up shit was. Kind of a little bit better. It was entertaining, you know what I'm saying? But I'm not saying I want Eminem to get back on drugs. You know, you know. thank God for sobriety, you know what I'm saying? Sure. But I'm just, you know, making a comparison, you know? I, I don't think... I think he's still kind of locked in a phase of still trying to prove himself. I feel like Kamikaze yeah. was just him trying to prove to his That fans. he's still relevant. Yeah, he even kind of said it in certain yeah, bars on there. Did. Like he did. He's just in a cycle of trying to prove himself, and he just... He'll never be at the same... Pinnacle. He'll never he'll never reach the, the the peak of Marshall Mathers LP fucking whatever again. Like he won't. That's 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 the truth. And I think it's so crazy because, um, like some artists they'll like he said it in one of his lines. He was saying like you know I had three albums that went number one by the time I was twenty nine. Yeah. And it's just like you know some people reach their peak really early, and then after that it's kind of either plateau or you descend. He's not aging age gracefully, in my opinion. I think, like, again, like, the content of his music isn't isn't growing. Him so fucking throwing out random, like, cheap disses. Like, he, he made a whole diss track towards... Most, what I got from most of the diss track towards MGK, mm-hmm. where he's making fun of, like, his man bun. Mm-hmm. But Machine Gun Kelly doesn't even have... I looked it up just to make sure. Mm-hmm. He doesn't even have a man bun anymore. It's, like, on the all over the artwork and shit like that. It's just... I, I don't know, man. I, I just think... Certain people should just learn when to pack it up. I get you. I know what you're saying, man. It's just like... It just bums me out because he used to be, in my opinion, one of the greatest, but he's out because of that. I feel you. I mean, like, I, I, I'm one of the people that says, you know, like, once you build a legacy, yeah. to me, like, I can't just completely forget who you were. Now, I might be disappointed in who you've become as an artist. Like, right now, I, I love Kanye West, but Kanye West isn't the same Kanye West that he was. Absolutely not. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, I, I I, mean, what can you say? He's just not the same Kanye West that was on the graduation, late registration, college dropout. Like, to me, that those were, like, the best versions of Kanye West. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, like, when you look at someone like Jay, like, besides That's Magna true. Carta, like, Jay, his... He's still the best. He's been the best the entire time I've been alive. <laughs> 26 years, Jay's been the best rapper. That's insane. That's true. Like, I, I just don't understand. I just think, Eminem, if somehow you're listening, I doubt you are. Just retire, bro. <laughs> Kamikaze's the last album. We're good. We don't need any more fucking songs you dissing Lil Yachty. And when Lil Yachty's more relevant than you, and this it's, is... This is disappointing as a hip hop fan, honestly. So you didn't have any songs on the album that you like? I like the first song, The Ringer. That shit is hard. I like The Ringer, but you know what else I like? I like Lucky You. With Jordan Lucas, right? Yes. But that's what I like the most about this album, that he reached back to rap. He has rappers on the album. Mm-hmm. Revival had Beyonce, and it was just- It was Emin- pop. Yeah, it was, it was a pop straight record. pop It was a pop album, yeah. Why was Eminem even doing pop records? Like, I don't know. Like I don't know, and it didn't work for him. Like that song, "Not Afraid." Yeah, I hate that damn song. 
I think because he was so successful. That's why. I'm not afraid. Yeah. <laughs> you could hear that shit in a fucking Sears and shit. I, yo, Kmart. Like, that was everywhere. Dunkin' Donuts. Like, he felt that success. He was like, yo, I want to do this shit forever. <laughs> yo, like, I respect it because it's pop and it went. Now, like you said, you hear that Kmart. You hear yeah. that Sears. <laughs> Ain't no nigga in Detroit saying, I'm not afraid. <laughs> singing, I'm not afraid. <laughs> the fuck out of here. Nobody was singing that shit in Detroit. Niggas from Detroit were mad disappointed. <laughs> And you had he had like the best rappers on his group. Like he had Slaughterhouse. Like Slaughterhouse yeah. is a great group. And you you, you saw his uh, interview with Sway. I couldn't even watch. It. I didn't want to hear what he had to say. You heard what he was talking about with the whole slaughter Slaughterhouse situation. I heard on Joe Budden podcast a little bit, but what do you, do you remember? Yeah. So from Eminem's perspective, he was saying that uh, he had he was working with them on releasing an album, and that they had put money behind this album and everything like that. And I, I forgot what happened. It stopped the album from coming out. But then there were some issues between um, him and some of the people in, in Slaughterhouse, and or I would say Joey. Yeah. And and um, Joey was hitting him up like, you know, where's the money for for those albums? And he was like, first of all, the albums didn't come out. You know, they 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 were on hold because I guess the group couldn't agree on the best tracks to put together into an album. Right. So you know. Eminem and his crew was just like, all right, well, you guys get back to me and let me know which songs you want to stick with so we can put it out. Yeah. And it never happened. And he said he was really, he was a big fan of Slaughterhouse because he wanted a lyrical rap group to be out, you know what I'm saying, to compete with what he's trying to compete against is like the mumble rap. So for him, he said he felt like he was hurt that they didn't come up with any music, you know beyond what they did come I, out with. I never really saw Eminem stand next to Slaughterhouse except doing like the BET Cypress and stuff I like that. that. yeah. Um, I always felt like Slaughterhouse could have just done their own thing. They could have been their own independent label and right. just, I mean, that the promotion, extra promotion you get standing next to Eminem helps, but yeah. I think it was just bad timing, honestly. Probably was That's what bad it sounded like to me. Probably was bad timing. Would you ever sign to like a bigger artist? Like the whole Jump Out the Frame as a whole, would you sign them as like a whole, like to a bigger artist? Like... What do you mean? Like as um like a subdivision under another company? That or even just like a record label or do you want to remain independent? I mean, I want to be independent with a distribution deal. The only I mean, I wouldn't be mad. I mean, I guess that's hard to say because I want my company to really grow. Yeah. And I mean, but you need help too, especially in this industry of, you know, uh, you know, some of the top labels have, you know, big machines behind them like yeah. you know, Rick Ross has Warner Brothers, you know what I'm saying? Like uh like have you taken any meetings with labels? I haven't. Not yet. How does that work? Do they reach out to you? Can you reach out to them? I think uh, they can reach out to you for sure, yeah. obviously, if they run across your stuff. But as far as me reaching out to them, I'm still trying to learn that. Like, I just started working with a publicist, mm. and she has a lot of connections because what I know more is how to play, like, the local game first. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because my, my whole model is local than global. That's more important. That's more important because if you don't have, you know, you know, just like, you know, Drake said in one of his songs, you know, where they, do they love you where you stay at, where you lay your head at? You know mm. what I'm saying? Like mm. it's like it's, it's real. It's just you know when you're home, you have to have that mm. home foundation, that network at home. But um, I definitely want to start reaching out to labels. But my main focus, the only reason I don't know that stuff is because my main focus was actually building the catalog, not just for myself, but for the other artists. Because right. ultimately, what I want to do is find, if not a, an investor, then yes, I would like to you know get a distribution deal with like a bigger record label. Like if Rock Nation yeah. gave me an offer, yeah. I'm taking that. I think yeah, that's good what you're doing because you got to come with some type of stock. like exactly. something, Some type of, like, you can't just come with one song but like, I want to sign. Exactly. So, so if I have albums, my artists have albums, we have our social media, our website and our YouTube looking good, I feel like we have a better chance 
of being taken seriously when I'm in the room with a music executive. You're still doing like shows and stuff, right? Yes, yes. I have like three different shows that I'm doing in October. You're like, oh shit. Yeah. yeah like, how yeah. big are the venues? How big, like, okay, it- so the one I do is um, with this uh, girl named Sade, and on Instagram is written by Sade. She does. I thought you meant the act, like actual Sade. I'm I like, wish. yo, what's going on, bro? I wish. Where should you find her? But yeah, yeah. But um, so she does. She does um a showcase. It's more of an um intimate setting, but it does have like a good amount of people hmm. but this um you know one of my boys um sodom he's an artist that i've uh that i did low days with i don't know if you heard that but it's on my soundcloud okay and um he came up with um two bigger opportunities because he's um he's a in a fraternity he's a he's an iota hmm. so one of the opportunities is to perform at a big iota event in pa that's going to be october 6th wow. and that's going to have like thousands of people that will literally be the biggest performance I, in my career is right? it like being filmed and stuff like can yes. you get the okay it's gonna dope filmed. it's going to be filmed how are you with performing now like you you good? Like I love you performing. Do it? Yeah, I can do it as long as I'm prepared. And by prepared, I mean I gotta make sure I memorize my lyrics, make sure I know my song. You know what I'm saying? Because the most, you know, embarrassing thing is when you're performing, and you don't know your own song. Like, I've seen yeah. artists do that, yeah, yeah. and I'm cringing. I'm yeah. like, yo, you don't even know the next line. What are you doing? I think bigger artists have like their music playing in the backdrop because they can't remember. Yeah, honestly. That's right. I've never thought about that. They time. have that playing in the back, and then even the artists where you don't hear them having their vocals on the beat, they have earplugs mm. where the full song is being played, so that way they have a reference for their lyrics. Right. So I'm not saying, you know, like I'm about, because I, I still play, you know, I perform with my vocals on the beat. You know what I'm saying? Some people look down on that, and they, you know, they look at it like, oh, that's unprofessional, blah, blah. But if you're coming out to a show and you're, you want to hear the artist, yeah. right? If the sound quality isn't all that as far as the venue, or even if it's just a big venue, yeah. and you don't have the, like, unless you have top-notch sound equipment, you need the, I think you should have your vocals played on the track, because if not, people are not going to hear, they're only going to hear the beat. Right. They're barely going to hear what you're saying, unless you're already a big artist. If you're a big artist, then everybody knows your words already. That's true. Okay. And another thing I like different performers, like sometimes like the R&B singers, I feel like have a great because they could just stand there and sing. But rappers, you got to move around gotta the stage. Move. You got to have the rapper hands. Like, yeah. I feel like that's probably the hardest part to master, right? Like, do you just stay in one place on the stage? No, nah, no. Nah, I move around. Like when I first started, I did stand in one place. And then um, I seen a film of me performing and it was just like, OK, yeah, <laughs> I need to like move. I got to use the stage Word. and it's like interact with the crowd. You got to interact with the crowd. You know, it's called crowd control. You know what I'm saying? Like on certain parts of the hook, you gotta just try to get them to fill it. Yeah. You know, do you know? Like I, I know it sounds probably like imaginary, but you know, you gotta tell them. You know, put one hand up in the air, or something <laughs> like get them involved. Like you gotta yeah. give them commands. Yeah. And then you know you gotta get them to really be involved. Like it's more of an activity than them just sitting there listening to you rap your song. You know right. what I'm saying? You have to make it interactive. Right. And people like they are naturally attracted to someone on a stage. Like they're naturally attracted to like that bravado, mm-hmm. that confidence. So if you do even more like that yes. interacting the crowd you, you won't lose you won't lose you gotta be entertaining at the end of the day my job is to make sure the people watching me are entertained you don't have a hype man or anything like that right? I do K- oh, Rock, me and K-Rock are each other's hype man so when we perform we hype, we, we do we, we uh, play the role of each other's hype man Okay, so that definitely probably takes away some like the the nervousness too because you got it your does. boy on stage oh, with you. Oh man, one of my 
best performances was at the Artist Vibes um, Showcase in Orange. Hmm. And me and K-Rock, we performed back-to-back, and we were uh, each other's hype man. Best performance I ever had, yo. I wish I would have recorded it. Oh, damn. I know. My publicist told me, like, yo, you need to start having somebody at every show recording you perform. And I was just like, yeah, you know, you're right. Because <laughs> <laughs> that performance, yo, we were in the zone. We were vibing. Because that's, like, my brother, you know, like, my mm. best friend. So it's just like, yo, we had so much. Yo, the crowd loved like when i yo when i say it was the best performance and it was a big crowd yeah that was the best performance in my opinion so far in my career like i just had so much fun Def- oh shit right, well, you got more yeah. shows coming so course, hopefully you'll course. have more to top that and, of course. and match that too exactly um so like what else is like going on for you like in those the collective towards the end of the year like is there eventually going to be a group project maybe you know i want to do that in 2019 i want to do a compilation album with everybody on the label mm. um and not even just everybody on the label. I want to. I want to have an album with every real like dope artist that I like. I would love to have everybody on JOTF and like one of the very close companies that I work with is CSMG Cerebral Sound Music Group. Okay, they have artists that I would want on that project as well. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like that's in the that's gonna happen. You know, Dang. after this album, I'm gonna focus on a collective album. You haven't been like any type of like tour, have you? Or like like Mm-mm. local tour or like. Maybe PA, New York. Oh shit! I haven't done any local tours, but I am going to like basically have reoccurring um, venues that I go to, like Sade. Like she has her showcases every second Thursday. Mm-hmm. So my strategy right now, because I mean to go on tour, you kind of need to have you know like a number of venues to go to, and then on top of that, you know you need a, you need kind of resources to get there. But right. what I can do is have different showcases that i go to regularly Mm. so that way i can be a reoccurring performer there so i can start attracting people so they know this will be where cr is going to be performing and they can start following me you know what i'm saying like so right now because i'm literally just figuring how that whole process works you know what i'm saying because i don't have somebody coordinating a tour for me i really believe when you're branded what you're creating man like the music is like naturally good but the, the vision you have with everything else you have you're going to be something big, man. It's just Appreciate undeniable. That. Like, the music is just undeniably good. Appreciate so, that, man. Seriously. People, go to wherever you can find his music. What's, like, the best place you think? Yo, iTunes? Be- uh, uh, yeah, definitely. If you want to listen to audio art, you can download it on all the major music uh, streaming platforms. Please do. But if you just want to, like, keep up with everything and still be able to buy the music, you can go straight to www.jumpouttheframe.com. Right. When you go to that website, you just go to new releases. Our music videos are there. Our SoundCloud music, our iTunes, Apple music. Like, everything that's available from us is on the website. Word. Mm-hmm. That's so dope. Yep. I, um, I forgot to mention it uh, to the listeners, and I don't know if you knew. I told you I went to Spain, right? Yes, you did tell me. How was yeah. that, man? Um. How can I explain Spain, Barcelona? It was, it was mad hot, yeah. <laughs> uh, not know. too many black people. There's darker skinned people, but mm-hmm. like there's this weird colorism thing where like if you're lighter, you like you don't get the dirty looks. Mm-hmm. Um, this is like a it's so it's weird going from your shit to talk about my shit, but uh, no, it's cool. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I was there for like six days. I was there for my girl's birthday, uh-huh. and. Barcelona is we were staying right by the beach mm-hmm. and we had a nice Airbnb and shit like that. Uh the best part about it honestly was just the architecture out there. Mm. I'm not sure how far you travel if you travel out the country. I haven't left the country yet. The furthest I went is uh Las Vegas, Nevada. Oh yeah, you were there this year, right? Mm, I went in June. Okay. Yeah. So first of all, the eight hour flight is fucking nuts. 
This is my mm. first. This is my second time doing an eight hour flight this year. I went to Paris in February, mm. and the, the the on the way there, like I was up, I was I felt I was managed to fall asleep because we had a late flight. But on the way back, I cannot fall asleep. Mm. I'm not gonna tell the whole trip. I'm gonna tell the story. And we're, gonna, <laughs> we're gonna go back to the topics. On the way back mm-hmm. to Newark Airport, eight hour flight up on up all the entire time. I'm I'm sitting. It's my girl on the left, me in the middle. And this fucking creep on the right. Oh, Lord. This guy on the right of me was the biggest creep I think I've ever interacted with in my life. He seemed really nice at first. That's, that's how they all <laughs> that's start. How they do. That's how they all start. Like, real nice. Oh, how you doing? Uh, how was your trip? Blah, blah, blah. Give me some candy. <laughs> 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 he might be. I think he might have been one of those type of niggas. So, I ran out of stuff to watch on Netflix, naturally. Like, about two hours into the flight, whatever. And music just got boring. Podcast got boring. So, I'm being nosy. I'm watching what this guy's doing on his phone. And I thought this guy was like a photographer or something because he just had mad photos, like some nice photos of like a, at a wedding and stuff like that. I'm like, right. okay, he's a photographer. Then he keeps scrolling on his phone. There's just mad candid photos that he clearly took of people in public. Dudes, just just dudes though. There's nothing wrong with being homosexual because oh, right, right, right. this man was clearly a homosexual. Right, but there's something wrong with being a creep. This dude just took mad candid photos of people while he was in Spain, right? And then I'm like, nah, maybe he knows these people. He meets he's like sending the picture to them, you know, sending as a joke, blah, blah, blah. This one dude gets up to use the bathroom on the flight. I clearly see this guy take a picture of him and just zoom in. And like he took like three of them, like zoom in and like try to get the best angle. I don't know what this dude did, but after he got that picture of that guy, he he went right into the bathroom after him and he stayed in there for like a good 20 minutes. Are you yo. joking? <laughs> yo. The, again, him being homosexual is not creepy. The fact that you're taking public photos of people and then going to the the plane's bathroom for 20 minutes. That's creepy. That's fucking that's creepy. That's creepy. And I was like the, the scariest experience. Of my, not scariest, but like the weirdest experience because I don't want to fall asleep next to this Hell guy. No. I want to taking pictures of me. Oh, like, no. That's wow. I've Wow. I don't even know what to say. There's some creeps out there. And there's dudes who like do that, that to girls too, which is even creepier. So like Dang. the fact that I was next to a predator or not predator, but like. Weirdo like that? Definitely, right. He was weird. I don't know if I want to go back to Spain or take that flight again. Wow. I never heard of nothing like that in my life, yo. That's crazy. But he had like an album worth of fucking candid photos of dudes. <laughs> dudes with the Spanish dudes with the nice hair and like the muscles and shit. This dude, he <laughs> like his photos were like so good. That's why I really yo. questioned if he was a photographer or not. Like, yo, that's his hobby? Hey. Hey, man. I hope I never see you again, sir. That was definitely strange going back to rappers retiring mm-hmm. one of my favorite rappers who's mad underrated is alluding to retiring wale i don't know if you saw that really and you know it's so funny i just recently recently started listening to free lunch wale has been alluding to retiring on twitter and uh joe Budden's podcast that came out recently joe caught him on the phone they held back and forth he sounded just real angry that no one's really receptive of his music anymore, mm-hmm. and or not really at all. Like he doesn't get the reception he wants. Um, so, first question: How do you deal with the rece- negative reception to your music if you get any? Like, do you pay attention to it? I do, and you know it's funny, man. I'm not even gonna sit here and act like I'm bulletproof. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. I'm an artist and I'm sensitive, so. I could get a hundred people telling me how good my music is, and it's usually like that. It's usually way more people who say it's good than bad, but for some reason, the people who say they don't like it just it hurts and it stands out more. It could be one person, hmm. and I'm gonna think about that hmm. one person's comment 
so much more than and it's not a healthy way yeah. of digesting that feedback but it's because I'm a perfectionist. Mm. So it's like when I hear that, I'm just like, damn, I take it into heavy consideration. What, unless it's completely just, you know, opinionated and it's not factual. Like if you're just saying like, I don't know, like. Uh, it's trash. It's like, trash. With no reason With no logic, it. no real. Then it's just like, all right. But if you analyze my music and you're like, okay, I think you should have did this or that. Then it's like, all right. You actually really listen. You actually are a music consumer. So it's like, all right. You're telling me what I should fix. But I feel like with Wale's case, I feel like people give him, like, actual critique and they do the trash shit, but he lets mm. both affect him. Yeah. But the thing is, like, he still has, like, a cult fan base and he's really considering retiring. Like, I think it's... He's probably I, not getting the success that he wants. But what is he... I, I mean, I, I would like to ask him, like, what what do you want, like, exactly? It's not, if it's not money. I think he's comparing himself to other artists. Yeah. And I think that's really what it is. Like, even, like, even though there has been that whole situation between Drake and Meek, Meek Mill is, a, in my opinion, a bigger artist than Wale. Yeah, for sure. And they're both on the same, right? They're, they're all part of, still part of um, uh, Rick Ross's joint, right? I don't know, like, because, I mean, obviously, Wale could work with different producers, but you know, you hear that, like, that music. Like, I don't hear that shit on any of Wale's music anymore. I mean, so I'm not sure. He's probably just real with you. That might be it, too. Like, I don't think he really ran with that. Maybach music like that like yeah you know at first you heard them on different tracks and that's when Wale to me was really popping like when they had that um that song Pineapples or uh, Dice Pineapple Dice Pineapples yeah. like that's when I felt like he was really in the you know MMG you know what I'm saying because he was doing songs with Rick Ross and, and Meek yeah. but then after that all I would hear more of is Rick Ross and Meek and mm. there was a period of time, like, I want to hear that much of Wale. And if I did, it was Wale by himself. And I'm not saying the artist shouldn't stand by himself. But if you're part of a, you know, a, you know, a big machine like Maybach Music, you kind of want to hop on more records with people on that. So that way you can just, you know, solidify your fan base and have people paying attention to you and then do more of your individual projects. It's kind of fucked up, too. Like, when Meek went away, like... During that time, I didn't hear any Ross and Wale tracks. Like. No, and that's the thing. It's like I don't know. I don't know. In my opinion, from the outside looking in, it looks like Meek Mill gets more love than Wale. And I've heard they had issues between each other. And but I th- now it looks like they're supporting each other again. Oh like, yeah, 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 Wale yeah, yeah. tweeted out. Uh, I mean, Meek tweeted out uh, Wale's recent project. Things called Free, Free Lunch. Lunch. Yeah, yeah. I, I listened to that project. You like I, it? I didn't. I like certain records on it. You know what I'm saying? Like I like My Boy with J Cole. Nah, you never heard. Didn't do it for me. I mean, I like I, the J Cole feature on Black's album. Oh, I, I, I got to hear that. Oh, okay, okay, I got to check that out. Um, Wale, he dropped. That's like his third EP. He dropped this year. The first two were great. You know, and I feel so bad because he's saying that's the third one this year. I didn't even know he had more than one. <laughs> See, this is that's, the problem. I, I feel so this is why bad. Wale's pissed. I feel bad because he's not he's not buns. You know what I'm saying? Nah, I'm, I'm not gonna lie though. Like, I'll be honest with you. Like I'm not a huge Wale fan though. You know what I'm saying? Like even when everybody really was loving Wale's music, like I respect him as an artist because I always say my opinion is just my opinion. I never sit here and take away from an artist or their creative ability. Right. But I would I just wasn't a fan of his music. It must be crazy to be friends with like a guy like Drake and then see him do a billion in a week and you're barely doing like a hundred k. That's annoying. When you see shit like that, does that inspire you? It would aspire me to an extent. Like, I mean, I've never been in that position where I'm best friends with a super successful artist. 
So I don't know. Like, you know, from the outside looking in, I would say, you know, it would make me want to work harder. Mm. But it also depends on the relationship that I have with that person and if that person is humble or not. Because if they're not humble and they're constantly like, I don't know, just bragging about how much how much more successful they are than everybody, then it's going to be kind of hard for it to not affect you. But if it's coming from love and it's coming from a place where the person is like, yo, man, like. I can help you or show you how you can be some some type of more successful than you are already, then it's just like, all right, then, yeah, that would inspire me. But I guess it really depends. Self-awareness is key. And I think Wale just needs to just recognize your lane is your lane. Like, mm. you will never be a Kendrick. You'll never be a Cole or a Drake. Like, but you will always be a Wale. What do you think is his lane, though? That's the thing. When you hear Drake, you know what his lane is. When you hear Meek, you know what his lane is. Like, when you hear Wale, what, where, where does he fall? That's why I can't believe him when he, but yeah. that's why he's special because like okay. he can, he can do like the the bounce like club work record right. like that shit fashion week with Jeezy right. that shit's hard okay. but then he can do like the conscious like chill shit like dice pineapples or right. whatever so I think he could do a mixture of both but he just needs to understand and accept that you'll never be a star but you'll mm. be famous or popular like. It's just not that shit isn't that shit. Nigga will, that nigga will go crazy too. I feel he already can't take critique from everybody, so you don't want that Drake level of fame where everyone's in, has a camera into your life. So, and that's another reason why I think some people don't reach that level of success. It's because they don't have the same tough skin that people like Drake or Jay Z or like you know big stars have, and yeah. they and it's like they have to reach a certain level of just not caring. Like yeah. when I hear Drake in his interviews. And he's got a problem with something like he really unless it's like, you know, you know, like a like a meat mill situation. Like even then, though, he wasn't trying to like he he did that out of necessity. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like he he really is a happy person. Like he's content with his life. My favorite right now, I think. And that's why he's just like, yo, he does not care. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can literally, you know how many memes, how many times he's been made fun of, how many times people have probably hurt his pride. How people right now are accusing him of, like, dating an 18-year-old girl. I didn't even hear about that. Seriously. You didn't hear about that? People were saying that he shut down a whole restaurant. No. My girlfriend's probably listening. (laughs) I don't know if this girl's really 18, but she's beautiful. Okay. Um... But Drake's like 30-something. But if you really shut down a whole restaurant for an 18-year-old, like, then you're pretty nuts. And then the whole shit back with Pusha, like him not taking care of his kid. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, he said that, that line on emotion is something, something like um, crazy shit in my life. I don't run to the blogs or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. A wise man that once said nothing at all or something like that. Um, I think a lot of celebrities need to apply that same concept. Like if something's mm-hmm. going on and it's not true, like – if it gets to a point where it's ruining your money, yes. then you speak then up. Then you speak up. But if it's not anything, you know it's not real, then don't right. say anything. Yeah, because a lot of the times, like, all this, like, publicity behind made-up stories and stuff, it actually boosts his sales. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. he's relevant. People are talking about him. But like you said, unless it's doing the opposite of that, then it makes sense to, you know, step in and try to rectify that. Right. Man, Wale, don't, don't retire. Pray, prayers for Wale's mental state. Like, get yeah, him, get I him a like clear head. I don't think he should, I don't think he should retire. Too, it, feels, it feels too early, it's way doesn't too it? too early. I don't know, man. It's just like, you know, it's like what separates a good artist from a great artist? What what separates, you know, a well-known artist to a legend? You if know, you, what if you let the it? labels tell it, it'd probably be numbers. It's definitely numbers. Then it's like, what is it that people want? You know yeah. what I'm saying? What is it? And at the same time, should you cater to what people want or should you? Just be yourself and let that be how you become successful. Because a lot of the people who are at the top would tell you that all they did was be themselves. Mm. And it's like, okay, so is it a certain personality 
that gravitates towards the general public? Mm. Is it a certain sound? It's so many different variables as an artist that you're trying to figure out. You know what I'm saying? It's just like if you're trying to reach that level of success, what does it take? I feel like examples like this are kind of perfect for you because when you reach that level, you'll probably – I mean you already have a sense of self, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But like you have examples of people – trying to do something and do something to follow the trend yeah. but they fail you know yeah so you'll know to know do what works best for you always yeah like for me my strategy is to be as original as possible yeah you know what i'm saying like i don't care like i particularly like original music more than popping mainstream music like don't get me wrong there's certain radios records that i love yeah but then i'm more um likely to really dig into an artist that sounds like no one else so you you would do a Katy perry record if it made sense if, if it made sense if she she reached out to you if she reached out to me the record made sense and i thought and it, and it reflected who i am as an artist but if it didn't you would deny it even though the bag is there hmm. she offered you 250k for a feature 16 bars and you would you sacrifice your integrity for the bag or would you just say fuck it Damn, that's hard. I mean, I'm gonna be honest because right now, two hundred fifty thousand <laughs> yeah. sounds pretty fucking good. Yeah, one song. I mean, you know, I don't know, man. Can I be real? Yeah, I'll do that shit, man. <laughs> like, yo, what you want me to rap about? I'll do right. that shit too. I'll do. Okay. And then after that, I'll take that two hundred fifty and just like totally like Word. come up with some fire. Like I'll learn how to rap to get that two hundred fifty k. I'm just saying, bro. Like I'm sorry, but right <laughs> now, two hundred fifty k. Obviously, if I'm already established and I'm more successful in the industry. I mean, I have options yeah. to be saying no to that, but two hundred fifty thousand dollars has changed my life right now. So yeah, I probably fucking do it. Word. Shout out to Drake and Meek though; they reunited at Drake's show. Uh, I think that was dope. That was out in Boston. Boston. Mm-hmm. You uh, think some more music's gonna come? Do you want more music? Mm, I do. I had this conversation with somebody else who was talking <clears throat> about this situation. I would love to hear some new music coming from Drake and Meek together. I mean, they had Rico. Amen. Amen. Oh man, that's one of my people's um we was listening and he was telling me amen is one of his favorite songs that they got together and i'm like yo that's a really dope record i mean honestly that type of music comes with chemistry though you yeah. know it's one thing to you know uh piece things up and be cool but then it's another thing to build up that chemistry to where y'all could be in the studio together and make some fire you know what i'm saying like yeah they might be cool and they might squash things but are they really ready to hop in the studio and start recording again because that, that that they seemed happy as hell on that stage i mean hey breaking that green bulletproof vest hey what the fuck is he wearing <laughs> like lime green bulletproof vest you know what's crazy as much as i love drake i gotta admit i don't like the way he dressed man niggas get too famous man like yeah, you can't wear anything man. you have to look Normal, I feel like, 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 and I, I, I feel like one day he's probably gonna ask me about this because I feel like I'm gonna meet Drake one day. Oh yeah, I feel like that because I really do. Like, I love this dude, but I gotta admit, like, I don't like the way he dressed. Like, not all outfits be trash, but I feel like overall, just like, I don't know. I didn't. I never thought about what artist I think I'm gonna meet. I, I, I didn't meet him, but I saw Denzel Washington. That's not an artist, but I know as far mean. as like celebrity wise, I don't know. You know what's funny? Guess who I saw when I was at the I was at the Met like who? last month? I saw um Andre three thousand. What the hell? I know he lives in New York, but he was just literally just enjoying some art, <laughs> walking you say around. Now nah, I didn't say anything to him because um for one I don't get starstruck honestly. Like mm. I mean like you know unless I'm going to have a reason to talk to you, I can't be that guy to go out my way to be like, hey, can I get a picture? Like yeah. I just I just. 
I don't know if it's pride or, you know, what it is, but it's just not for me, right? But my girlfriend, she's a huge fan of Andre 3000, but she's the same way as me. She's not going to run up to him and ask for a picture. Mm-hmm. We both were just looking at him. She was over there. I was over here. I seen mm-hmm. him. I heard somebody, some other dude went next to him and was like, oh, man, I love your music, blah, blah, blah. And at that time, it was only Andre 3000's back. I, I didn't know who it was. <laughs> yeah. And then the dude turned around and had somebody take a picture, and I was like, and I looked at my girlfriend across from him, and I mouthed to her. I was like, is that Andre 3000? She's like, yup. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a cool moment. You know, more or less, it was a memory for me and my girl. Word. So it was just like, you know, I just took it for that. But at the same time, I do sometimes wonder, because it's not my first time, you know, walking across or being in the same vicinity as a celebrity. Right. And I feel like, am I vibrating on that frequency for me to be running into somebody like in the like of all places, you know mm. what I'm saying? Right now, today, Andre 3000 was standing right next to me while I just I'd never been to the Met in my life. Yeah. That was the first time I ever been to the Met. The universe is insane, man. That's what I'm saying. Literally, everything happens for a, a reason. reason. Literally, so it's just like for me, it was just like I feel like I'm on the right track. I feel like I'm, I am in tune with the universe and what I'm doing. I'm living the process, like. 10 years from now, what the things I'm struggling with and going through now are going to be what I talk about in my interviews 10 years from now. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like... This is a vintage interview in a few 10 years from now. That's what I'm saying. Like, literally 10 years from now, we're going to be cracking up, sipping some goddamn champagne, (laughs) talking about this shit. Fucking poolside with the fucking city in the backdrop. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's going to happen. You niggas don't want me to be rich, man. I'm stunned on all (laughs) y'all. I've been broke for too long, yo. I've been broke for too long. I'm going to stunt so hard, yo. yo. I ain't going to lie, bro. I'm going to, me, me and K-Rock, bro, we're some shrimp and steak ass niggas. Like, <laughs> word, like word. we straight up, like, yo, I'm not going to lie. When I get money, bro, I'm not going to flaunt it in front of people's faces, but I'm going to have nice things. And if you happen to see it, so what? Right, you know right. what I'm saying? If, but, I, if I get rich before my high school reunion, I'm stunting so oh, hard. Oh, mine's since in a couple years. But I feel <laughs> like, if I, I don't know, I feel like with, with this album, maybe, you never know. Word, word, word. <laughs> One thing I also want Asking when we were talking about the Meek and Drake thing, you mm-hmm. you haven't been in any beefs, right? They're- Man, that's just so irrelevant, so relevant to my career. I've never, well, I'm not gonna say that. I did kind of have a problem with. <laughs> I can't see it, <laughs> but it wasn't a real. It was a bad. It was more of a business issue. It wasn't musical. Gotcha. It, it was with the previous label that I was working with before I completely became independent, mm-hmm. and it was more or less just a disagreement over paperwork, and we just debted the relationship but i never had no rap beef like you know like mgk and, and freaking eminem like i couldn't see myself piecing up with the person who tried to end my career no nah. because me the whole ghost writer shit that's, he tried to end his career that still is with a stigma to drake's name to this day I feel. it still is it's still he's still being scrutinized for that I don't know. I don't know if I could piece it up with somebody like this. Especially if I, I won, I'm going to feel like I shit on you. Why do I need to be cool with you? Like, but at the same time, I understand why Drake did it because it makes him even more of a likable person. Yeah. And, if, and that's the thing, man. Drake moves very politically. You know what I'm saying? Like, he likes being a likable person because there's more money in being likable. You know what I'm saying? Let me tell you something. Drake's album, Scorpion, is my second favorite album mm-hmm. of the year uh, out of five. Mm-hmm. He, I think he, we're going to go with Drake's dick in a second, trust mm-hmm. me. But, um, I think Drake mastered everything he was tr- he's been trying to do all these years on Scorpion in my opinion. I know what you're saying. The visuals, his the, techniques, the best visuals he's ever had. I can't, uh, I, you know it's funny I haven't watched any videos from this album. I got I'm going to do it tonight. I think you should. Okay. And um I'm a roller blunt. <laughs> two, maybe maybe two. Maybe two. Maybe two. And I'm definitely watching it. The singing, like the rapping, like it's still 
the rapping, the singing's better than the rapping on this album, in mm-hmm, my opinion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But Scorpion is just, it's, it's, I love that it's album. Great, I'm not gonna man. lie, it's, it's a emotionless great is my album. shit. I ain't gonna lie. My, what's my favorite joint off of there? Elevate. Word. Okay. Oh man. Elevate. <laughs> you gonna, gonna do a freestyle over song. it? Nah, nah, nah. I'm, I'm gonna let the greats be great Word, for that okay. one, man. Like elevate. I don't know, man. I just I love that song, man. The message behind it. Right. All this for myself and my family. <laughs> <laughs> like, yo, like you can feel that shit. It's like, yo, I be feeling like I'm Drake <laughs> when word, I listen word, to word. his music. Word. I be feeling Drake like that. is the most relatable, That's famous nigga saying, ever. Yo, yo. I, I can relate to every problem Drake had with I women too. Yes, I've gone through a girl's phone when they went to the bathroom like he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was my insecure younger days. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. Fucking Drake's All types awesome. Of shit, Drake's man. awesome. I feel the same way. He's definitely relatable. Um, I want to get into mental health in a, in a second, but mm-hmm. I kind of want to set the stage with this. Okay. Uh, the main subject of mental health, I feel, in hip-hop right now, Kanye West. Mm-hmm. <sighs> what do you think of his last projects first? His last few projects that he dropped? Yay. Um, what what did I think of it? Yeah, Kid See Ghost. Um. All right. Well, Kid the Kid Cudi album, like it was cool, but I didn't really. I listened to it, but I did. I only listened to it once because right. I'm not a big Kid Cudi fan. Not saying he's not a great artist, but sonically, that's not my my type of music. But I did like what he did with Tiana Taylor's uh, album. But um, the Yay album, I liked it. I'm not even gonna lie. I liked it. I felt like it was it was fresh. You know what I'm saying? Um, but he's he's definitely become a lot more weird. Like yeah. with his most recent singles, like Ecstasy, mm-hmm. super weird. Talking I love, about fucking your your wife's sisters and right. shit. But at the same time, although I'm, I I think it's totally definitely outrageous that you put that in a song. Yeah, psychologically speaking, because you know I study psychology. Like he's he's speaking on something that's in a lot of people's subconscious though. Yeah, and he's a very Freudian thinker, and that's something Freud would talk about. Mm-hmm. And it's like in the essence of psychology, we would analyze that and be like, you know, it's not as abnormal as you think. He's just abnormal to say those type of things out loud. But a lot of people do have these these types of thoughts, in the, and it's, it's like a Freudian uh, way of looking at things. I'm sure. But I think where the problem lies is he says these things, but he doesn't um, – there's repercussions for it. But he never – he just started going on a little rebrand and apologizing, taking things back. But I feel like when he's gotten to the point where he says all these things and it's like – You've done too much damage to go back to the Be That Kid in Chicago. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's at fucking Harold's taking pictures eating chicken. He's fucking saying, I'm never leaving Chicago. And I, he's admitted that he's been off. Even Kim has admitted that he's been off his meds and stuff like that. Um, and I just think, like, that comes with addiction. You see, I'm sorry we didn't say this earlier, but rest, rest in peace, Mac Miller. Oh, yeah, like, peace, like drug Miller, addiction is, like, is crazy. And I think, Super. like, even taking that away if you're, when you're already addicted on it definitely plays a part in your mental state. I agree. And just from our perception of, of Kanye West recently, it's just I see like a really broken soul, a man with a lot of regrets, a lot I of think so too. sadness. Like I feel like he still feels that deep sadness for his mother mother's passing. Yeah, and I think he uses like sex as a way to relieve stress. Relieve stress, like it's a catharsic release for him. Yeah, and I think he's been obsessed with that release because it's probably in that moment of whatever type of pleasure he's getting, he's not thinking about his problems. Right. And I think you know. As I think that's where the addiction comes from. I think it comes from people um, going to this particular substance or this particular activity 
to es- escape. You're trying to escape something. Mm-hmm. You know, you might be escaping yourself or you might be escaping the pain in your mind, but you're using that substance or that activity to escape something, and that's what makes it addictive. Right. Because sometimes it might not even be an actual substance that has any addictive uh, properties, chemically speaking, mm-hmm. but it can still be an addictive thing because that's where you go to get relief and you're addicted to that relief right and also maybe the music too is addiction as well because he's coming out with a lot of music he's coming out definitely an addiction with a new album next week he's teasing watch the throne too which is i think pretty much confirmed that it's jay-z on it now oh my god because there was a picture posted today with um beyonce and jay and it can't be no watch the throne too without jay so that has to happen Um, if they're gonna drop it hopefully I, i just I hate to use him as an example for mental health, but that's like kind of the best experience, best example I have in front of me. Um, how would you? How do you feel about mental health? Like, do you suffer from any like depression, anxiety? So, like for me, like uh, I'm a huge mental health advocate. Um, you know, shout out to Rip the Stigma, which is a nonprofit foundation uh, founded in Roselle. Um, they're all about mental health. I've done. Um, different events where I, I would speak at a, it was a sip and paint and I was a guest speaker hmm. and I spoke about my uh, battles with mental health and um, how it, it's related to my life. Like for me, my mom, she suffered from postpartum depression hmm. and then that developed into a major depressive episode and that eventually developed into chronic depression. Hmm. And with that going on, my father as well being her caretaker became depressed. And, you know, I've seen my father, you know, attempt to commit suicide three times. Mm. And that all happened when I was, like, in elementary school. By the time I was, like, 13, my dad already tried killing himself, like, three times. You know, the suicide attempts had stopped and he's gotten some counseling at that time. But there was still depression. You know what I'm saying? To this day, my parents... You know, my mom is doing better because I've, you know, it got to a point where, you know, I had to step when I became an adult, I had to get involved, you know, and I got my mom something called ECT treatment, which is electroconvulsive treatment. And with that, it sends certain electrical um, shocks, slight electrical shocks to your brain to help with the chemical imbalance. Right. And, you know, after she got that treatment, man, my mom has not had a breakdown since. Because my mom, you know, before that, you could have be sitting down in a very happy environment, chilling. My mom will just break out crying. Right. We just don't know why. And you ask her why she's crying, and she just can't tell you. So, you know, growing up with that and being an only child, um, you know, seeing that definitely affected me. And I've definitely dealt with a lot of depression. Like, to this day, like, I'm, you know, I, I was diagnosed in 2012, I was diagnosed with a bipolar disorder, and I'm manic depressive. Hmm. So I have these days when I'm really, really hype, and I feel like doing a lot. I got a lot of energy. In times like that, I'm probably, like, cleaning like crazy, or, you know, I probably, like, go shopping or you know go out to eat because i'm just hype and then i have those other days when i'm super depressed and i don't even want to i don't want to get out the house i want to take a shower i don't want to do anything i just you know so do you try to stay busy to like get past those waves of like depression like stay in the studio as much as possible or smoke or like what's like your your vice to get through it so like unfortunately my vice for it is smoking why is that unfortunate i say unfortunate because i don't feel like I don't feel like – I don't like when I have to go outside of myself to find relief. Mm. And, like, that's where addiction comes from. When I was just explaining the whole situation with Kanye West, when you're dealing with, uh, you know, rather if it's depression, stress, or whatever, and you're going outside of yourself to find relief, you become kind of dependent on that thing that you're using for relief. And then that's where the addiction comes into. Because now I smoke every day. Yeah. I don't want to smoke every day. (laughs) You know, but I – 
kind of do want to smoke every day because it feels great. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But at the same time, I know health wise, it's not healthy to smoke every day. You know, you know, for your lungs, as far as being you know lazy and all. Also, I don't care what anybody says. When you smoke weed, it is super hard to control your appetite. For I don't, sure, you know, yeah, I don't yeah. care what anybody says. Like if you're trying, like for me, man, like, ain't no vegan smoking weed. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> ain't no vegan smoking weed. Fuck out of here. I'm just, I swear. Yo, you stupid. <laughs> but, yo, for real, that shit's hard. Like, I've had some of my worst dietary choices when I was high. I bet. I bet. <laughs> like, um, my experiences with depression are a little different. Um, mm-hmm. I never grew up. I didn't grow up with, like, both my parents. Like, uh, my father just immediately rejected me when I was born. Yeah. And I only had one interaction with him, but it wasn't face-to-face. It was me looking at him from the top of a stairway mm-hmm. uh, when I'm, like, seven. And mm-hmm. him just looking down at me and then walking into his room and mm-hmm. locking the door. Um, I don't like to ever put a blame or a reason why I get certain things. But when I did, like, this self-diagnosis of myself one time, I was a little bit high and a little bit drunk. I started to realize maybe my depressive depression really started from there like that initial rejection because mm-hmm. i can't really handle rejection not in terms of like a girl denies me or whatever mm-hmm. but like if i'm trying trying so hard and then it doesn't work out that like just kills my entire existence like it just it just bums me out and uh i've kind of was like your mom at some sometimes at, at some per, certain point especially last year i would just break out crying i remember one moment in particular i was sitting on the stairs by my front door mm-hmm. with my dog and I just looked at my dog and I just looked outside and I just started crying. Mm-hmm. I've had moments like that. I, I wasn't diagnosed with anything like that mm-hmm. but um, I don't know. I can never really put a concrete moment on why or f- thing of why I get depressed or have anxiety but it, it was bad especially for the past three years um, until the beginning of this year. I was like I had a lot of suicide attempts. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to sleep with a knife under my pillow every night just in case to make the easy, make the just the journey to death easier. Because I just wanted to do it that night. Uh, I don't do that anymore. I never really was into doing drugs like to get through it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of hard to talk about too. It's weird, but uh, I, I can I can understand how it's hard to talk about. Um, like, I, I can't even really give advice to people because I'm still going through it. You know, like mm-hmm. uh, when I when I originally created this show, Introverted Intuition, like it was really to cater towards people who get depressed and have those dark thoughts. Because for me, during those dark times, podcasts were like the one to two hours, sometimes three hour escapes from the darkness. You know, and I wanted to do this show to be the same way for other people, like be that escape, that entertain form, entertainment, just yeah. to get you over the hump. But I don't know. It's still. It, it's just. It's still, like, a hard talk thing to talk about, though. So, like, for you, right, like, when you think about it, like, when you want to take your life, like, do you feel like that's the ultimate way out? Is it an, an escape? You know what I'm saying? Well, or for the way I rationalize it in my head is I always felt like everything I'm doing is just, like, when I got met with that, like, resistance, like, the failure, right? It's just like, if I I'm, I just keep trying, but I keep failing. Like, mm. it's just like, it's just, just going to be like an endless cycle. Like, what's the point of keep going, keeping mm. going, you know? And, um, and when you speak of failure in terms of failure, is there anything particular or are you speaking in general? Well, there were, but during that time, like, I was, like, in between jobs and, like, mm. not getting a job was, like, it's just like, damn. Like, um, there was a, there was, I was in college at the time, too, so I felt like even more of a failure when I would just see other people doing what they want to do. Mm-hmm. And I compare myself a lot to other people, especially people, people close to me. That's dangerous. And um, just because I feel like I put, in, I put in just as much work, if not more than certain people, mm-hmm. and just my, my perceptive, perception. And when I'm not met with the same, with the results I want, 
it just destroys me. But here's the thing, right, Jeff? Like, you could be putting in all this work, and you might not have get, gotten the results you wanted right now, but that might be because what you're going to get is a lot bigger than what these other people have. Word. And I'm self-aware enough to know things just happen when they're supposed to. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't care. Like, I want it now. You know, I'm very that impatient. Instant gratification. But I, it's like this weird thing. I was I was born like three months early, mm-hmm. so I've always looked at it as like I'm super impatient. I have to get out to the world <laughs> now, you know. So like that's kind of where I always thought right. that's where that impatience comes from. And I know I'm I know it's not right. I know it's not the way to think. I know I shouldn't can't compare. I just can't, can't help, help it. it. I understand. Like for me, I never tried to commit suicide, but I've definitely been in a place where I didn't care if I lived or died. Right. And like for me, it was just like. You know, I'm just going to live my life, you know, like the way I look at it, like what helps me, you know, I don't know if this is the healthiest thing for other people, but for me, um, I look at like Albert Camus, who's a, a philosopher, and he says life is absurd. You know, the absurdity of life is the fact that, yo, ultimately on a grand scale of existence, none of this shit means anything. Right. Like none of this means anything, like nothing but my thing is, like, I want what I'm doing now to matter. I want to, like, doing this show, like, I want to be in the history of the internet. I want to exist and I want to be recognized. And that's in your power to create. Because I've the, been. And that's the other side of it, being an existentialist, right? Yeah. It's in your power to create that, right? And you got to look at it like this, too. You'll never obtain that if you kill yourself or if you end your life you'll never see what happens if you don't the only way you'll know what happens is if you never stop trying right that's the only way right so once you accept that and you just you know understand that challenge you know i feel like it's a lot easier to get over that hump because the i know the truth is i'm never going to see the success of my company unless i never stop trying hmm. i mean it doesn't matter how long it takes i i just I, I have no choice. You know what? And like this year was kind of when I really started manifesting the things I'm passionate about, like writing, starting the podcast. I'm, I haven't really been depressed. I've only been depressed once this entire year. Mm-hmm. And um, now that I'm kind of on the other side of it, I can really look back and do things mm-hmm. now to not go back to that. You know, just prevention is better than treatment. That's what we say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I feel like staying busy is definitely I'm not to the point where exhaustion, mm-hmm. but just doing things that fulfill you, like fill you with passion and mm-hmm. just occupy your time but you don't have don't have time to think about negative thoughts mm-hmm. that's really what's been helping me recently that's good man and i think that's what a lot of people need to do is just for starters figure out what you're good at like and then if you want to make that a career and if you don't just do it every day if you love it yeah and that'll really free you that's like a good first step towards freeing yourself from the darkness and it's so crazy you say that because when i saw erica baidu perform that was one of the things she said on stage she's like you know if you were good at something do that shit every day yeah Literally, do that shit every day. Work on it every day because it's going to be worth something. Yeah. You know, I think that's true. And, you know, as you use the things that you love as a way to take you out of the darkness, I mean, that's a positive way of dealing with it, bro. Yeah. And, like, my girlfriend definitely played a big part of um, kind of, like, my happiness. She really did save my life in a way. Because, like, around Mm -hmm. the time we first met, like, that was, like, it. Like, Mm -hmm. I was ready to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when we started dating, or not dating, we just went on, started going on dates. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess that's dating, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it felt good to just be around someone who didn't judge you and was just kind of on the same life path as you, you know, like just just trying, you know, doing things you enjoy. So I definitely owe a bit of my um, 
clear mind state to her as well. And my, 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 my family as well. And my friends. I respect that, man. Yeah. And it's funny you say that because it's kind of in the same situation with me. Like, my girlfriend, you know, when I first met her, I was in mm. that state of mind where, like I said, I didn't care if I lived or died. Yeah. I was just doing whatever the fuck I wanted. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm serious. Like, I was, you know, I was getting high every day. It was like having sex with a lot of different people. Like, mm-hmm. I just, I didn't care about anything. You know what I'm saying? But I was mad empty. I have reasons. I have things to care about now. Right. Like, other than myself. Right. Other than myself. And I needed that yeah. motivation it's like having a a, a a person that i love you know where her it's like you know i want to see her grow i want us to get married and have kids i want us to build a company together buy property life travel like th- with that one thing that one person comes so much yeah reasons to not end it you know what i'm saying and to not let it go off the rail mm-hmm. so it's just like you know i i totally relate to that and i used to think about like the what ifs a lot like i always just said well what if i do this and it doesn't work mm-hmm. out like now I just try. I'm trying. I'm not doing everything I want to do. Like I still want to try mushrooms. I'm a little scared, <laughs> but um, I want to. I really want to try mushrooms bad. But uh, now I'm slowly just like trying. And if it doesn't work out, then it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Like so, yeah. Hey man, that's what. Just it gotta, is. Just gotta keep going. That's I guess it. right. Yo, I'm telling you, man. The only <clears> way you <throat> fail is if you stop trying. Literally. Uh, you take so you did like you like a guest host to like these talks to people like giving advice and stuff like that yeah man like um i uh you know like i said i was affiliated with rip the stigma and, you know every year she does like a fashion show mm-hmm. so in 2017 i was in her uh fashion show with his uh everybody who was in it as a model you would be walking in the <clears> name <throat> of mental health either for yourself or for somebody you knew who was suffering from mental illness so with that i was involved in um you know, I've known uh, Elise for years because she worked in my high school as a staff member. She's part of the faculty, and she's the founder of Rip the Stigma. So, with her, I built that relationship. And anything mental health, I'm about it, man. Um, as far as like depression goes, you haven't have you been depressed like recently, and why? Yeah, honestly, man. I mean, like I go through my phases, and like um, sometimes I truly think that depression sometimes doesn't always have a reason. Mm. I feel like sometimes, bro, you're gonna feel like crap. You know what I'm saying? Some days you're gonna feel like crap. Some days you're gonna feel really good. Yeah. Sometimes you won't feel nothing at all. You know, it might be different for everybody, or I, I can only speak for myself, but I think that's a majority of people. Mm-hmm. And so, like, some days I feel depressed because, um, you know, I don't have the family life that I want. You know, like, you know, I I've, I was forced to live without my parents, mm-hmm. and it was because of financial situations. And, you know, I wish I had a closer relationship with my parents. You know, I spent a lot of time alone because I don't have um, any brothers or sisters. Same. Yeah, so it's like, you know, that makes it a lot harder to deal with. But I do have friends that I'm very close to that I've known for years. And, you know, they help me, you know, when I'm feeling down because they know me. All my friends, like, they've known me for years. Hmm. And when I'm going through something, that's the thing that helps is that they'll try to make me laugh. They'll be like, yo, come on, bro. You got to come out. Let's go hang out. Let's go do this. Like, they try to get me out the house and um, try to get me to, you know, not be stuck in my head because that's really where it comes from is just – Overanalyzing because mm-hmm. I overanalyze a lot, Same. and you know, of course, I'm criticizing my myself, my career. You know, I've questioned myself a lot of times about is everything that I'm doing worth it? You know, fears of being a 40 year old failure. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, Shit, let's be 30 honest. 30 for me. I don't want to be 30 and not doing what I want to do. 
And that's why I feel like it's so important to have, you know, of course, you have to follow your passions, but you got to finance those passions. So I feel like as long as you have some type of plan to be getting money, like a legit plan on getting money and putting your money or if you have a job, you're taking your money and putting it towards them. Like for me and my cousin. We're starting an um, investment company. Cool. Yeah, we're starting a company. We're going to register. Actually, we're going to do this process at the end of the week. And um, that's important for me because, for one, I want to buy real estate. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I have pretty decent credit. Now I just got to focus on getting the cash. You know what I'm saying? And I'm working right now so I can save up. Like, to me, these are realistic and uh, strategic ways that I can obtain that, those goals. Mm. You know, the music industry it's a lot of gambling. I mean, of course, you can have a strategy, but you never know what's going to work for you because every individual has a different way of making it. Every individual has different circumstances, a different network. Right. Most um, of the time, I feel with the music industry, all you need is that one song to get you where you need to go. But the thing is, who will hear that one song? Because it's not just making that song. You have to bring it to the people who have access to other people. But if it's good enough, it'll be heard by everyone regardless. So some, like I hear what you're saying, but you got to ask yourself, right? Even initially, how does that happen? Because even those songs that you've heard, that one song that's really good, somebody first heard it and either put a lot of money behind that promotion and, and advertising. Whoa. Well, like you said, you start with, like, the local before you try of to go course. global, right? So I think everyone did. I feel like Drake started with local and radio stations. It's just it just it's it word of mouth, I feel. Yeah, word of mouth is the most underrated way of promotion. Like, and with now, it's even means. easier with the internet. Yeah, that's true, too. I'm not saying it's impossible. And that's really my strategy is to go viral. Yeah. You know, is um, trying to appear on all the local outlets, like, you know, different media outlet shows, like, you know, radio shows. And um, everybody that I know that's, like, local – um, trying to be in their face, you know, put music because I have a good local presence and like you know, local then global. Sure. But I know that between being local and being global, it's going to take that one person who actually hears my song, yeah. who has access to that global market. Mm. That's what it's going to ultimately be. One day I'm going to meet somebody who's going to be able to do that. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like one way or another even if i go viral and a million people hear it it's still going to come down to meeting that one person who can help yeah you know and that's what i'm you know looking for is just preparing myself for that cuz i truly believe it's going to happen and honestly i feel like it's going to happen with rock nation like i don't know rock why I, I mean because you know i put that in the universe years ago like i would love for my company to be like um a label under rock nation mm. but even if it doesn't maybe my greater destiny would be to have just a really good investor who can invest in my record label and maybe even be a competitor for those rock dudes nation. they're all over the, i'm pretty sure all these labels are all over the internet every day searching mm-hmm. for whoever's hot next mm-hmm. like because hip hop is the most popular genre, it's it's still growing every yeah. day. Yeah, uh, it's about it's gonna happen. Yeah. It's, it's, it's going gonna to happen. happen. It's, like I said, I'm not gonna stop. I'm gonna keep utilizing different strategies of getting myself out there. I um, but going back to depression, like real, real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, during that time of like being real depressed, I, I disconnected from like everyone and my yes. friends. I uh, I, I don't recommend anyone doing that because I'm still patching up relationships now mm-hmm. with people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just recommend you keep everyone that's close to you close as possible because unity is what we all need at the yeah, end of the day. Like, whoever you, you got by you, keep them by you because you, you're going to need them one day. You never know who you might need. So That's so true, and it's funny you say that because, like, <clears throat> I was going through that like, in my depressive <clears throat> moments. Like, I, I ignore my phone. Yeah. You know, I don't want to go out. Like, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like I'm starting to, like, develop social anxiety. 
You know what I'm saying? And you know, you know me. I'm I'm a social person. Word. You were not introverted. I'm not. You know, and it's crazy. I I consider myself an ambivert because sometimes I'm extroverted, but then I reach a threshold where it's like I'm exhausted and drained from interacting with so many people. Mm. So then I become more introverted, and I don't want to be around people. Like I rather be in very small circles and very secluded areas. Like most recently, as I'm getting older, I'm realizing like I'm becoming more introverted. Like I. Don't like going to parties. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I don't like being around a whole bunch of people. Like, I don't. And it's like, I even get nervous now sometimes. Oh, yeah. And it's just, but, it, but for me, that's not regular. You know what I'm saying? For mm. me, it was like, I wasn't nervous. I used to be excited, but now I'm just nervous. Does racism have to, like, is that like a fear? Like, nah, does it, not for, I'm not saying it doesn't exist, but for me, I, I, I don't really give a shit, man. Like, if you hate black people, you know, and I have a conversation with you, as long as you're polite, I'm not going to sit here and, 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 like, interact with you and then feel some type of, like, I don't care what, how you feel. You know what I'm saying? Because mm. I'm not like that. But if I'm disrespected, then obviously I'm going to feel some type of way. But as far as racism goes, like, I just, I still try to look at everybody like we're equal, even though people don't look at me like we're equal. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you can feel however you want to feel, but I'm not going to be like you. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to let racism in, uh, affect how I interact with other human beings. In my opinion, I feel like racism is a new form of like currency in business because mm-hmm. based off the things with like – then you know, it's all like the Kaepernick ads and stuff like that with of Nike. Course. I feel like – they just did that because it's hot and, and it's it's, profitable. It, will, it will sell. It's profitable. Super profitable. Yeah. That's why I feel like this is all, all this shit. Like you said, all shit ain't going to matter. But racism is just another form of currency nowadays. And I think that's that's that bums me out, too. Right. Seeing like Kaepernick with this true, genuine. I mean, I don't know the people, the execs at Nike. But to use his message and what he stands for just to get a check. But here's the thing, though. Interesting that you say that because I actually did some research on that. And they actually lost money. Nike lost money. They I thought that his- lost money because you got to think about the um, people who were Trump supporters, right? Who were also um, customers of Nike. You're right, the ones burning their Nikes and shit. With exactly, them. I saw a dude burn the Nikes, but he already had. He, and their stock they're, dropped, and they're on his feet. He's burning them, and their stock dropped. Nike's stock dropped after they put Kaepernick up. Okay, so. And I've read uh, a quote from one of the executives, and they were saying we'd rather be on the right side of history. So I don't necessarily think they did it for the money. Because mm. if that was the case, they would have never even got involved and would have kept their money going. Right. But by putting Kaepernick as that uh, head of that campaign, they did lose money. And I agree with them. I'd rather be on the right side of history than be worried about you know the checks. They make more than enough money. that They don't have to worry about that small percentage of their uh, demographics that decided to not buy their products. They're still going to sell. And if not, they might end up recouping after that because more people will replace them. People right. who didn't buy Nike before will probably start buying Nike now. Right. You know what I'm saying? I, I take that back. That was just an assumption. But I just I have so many examples of people just being on this fake woke wave saying, just to profit yeah. and get any, any attention. Yeah. And it pisses me off. Like the yeah. guy um, – from Ferguson, uh, like DeRay, the guy who wears like the blue vest and all that, mm-hmm. it came out that that dude wasn't even from Ferguson, but he was there like kind of as I feel like he was like implanted in that to like, and now he's like he has like a book deal. Why does that guy have a book deal? Why does that guy have a I million mean, followers know. over Instagram? Like on, on Instagram, like people people are gonna try and capitalize off things like this. That's not what Ferguson is, was about, not like either. at all. Like that's that shouldn't have happened. Like seeing that shit really pissed me off, but um. Damn, lost my train of thought. But I feel you. I, I mean, that's annoying as hell to see people, you know, capitalizing off of our struggle. 
right off of our pain you know what i'm saying it's just that just i think that just proves how great we are the testament to our greatness because people want to want to get with us and they want to make money off what we're doing and try it's to get like with they us. hate us but they need us absolutely they need us they need us if there was no hip-hop what would these fucking drunk white we're girls the number doing? one genre in the world we're the hip-hop. number one fucking people in the world fuck that fuck the genre <laughs> fuck out of here it's crazy man man like this is honestly like this, like twenty eight this this whole like decade that we're in right now, or this new decade, whatever. Um, I think it's like the best time to be alive because literally everything that's happening now will be in history books yeah, in like literally. 10, 15 years. Literally. Everything what we're, we're doing. We're living through so much history. Exactly. We're living through so much history. Trump will be impeached in probably November, hopefully. Hopefully. How in tune you are politics? Are you in tune with politics at all? I mean, I keep up with the news. You know, I know what's going on in the world, but I'm not going to say that I watch CNN every night. Right. I, I get most of my politics, uh, my dose of politics through like another podcast called mm-hmm. The Shane Show. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Basically, like what's been going on, if anyone who hasn't, we have some listeners that are outside of America. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, if you don't know, we have a shitty president by the name of Donald Trump. Uh, his his lawyer went down, his campaign manager went down, like got, like in jail. Oh, okay. So any information that they give the guy who's trying to, like the, the, I think his name is Robert Mueller, the mm-hmm. guy's like doing the whole investigation. Mm-hmm. Um, he might have, he, I think he has like a bunch of information on Trump and the whole Russian shit. So mm. Trump will be out of here hopefully November. I'm hoping. He needs to. He needs. To, he needs to move out of office. I think people need to do be, get more activated and and vote too. I mean, I, I agree with that, and also people need to realize the power they have in local voting. Yeah, because it's like he's you know the president of the country, very true. But your state has its own government. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. you know, if you guys are voting within your your um you know your areas, there are certain things you can make happen in your area you, know, you can change your you entire change. surroundings if yeah. you just become activated become active and you know just learn you know who's who's you know for what learn about the politics in your town and your, your local city right this this is just crazy I, I just every time i just think about like like how how far we've come it just is like a society like technology is evolving way faster than we are yeah is that fair to say like i agree as a kid, I never thought that I could like open my phone with like my face, like a facial sc- uh, scanner. Like fucking... phones. When I was a kid, do you remember when phones had that freaking blue screen? Yeah, it was like 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 seriously. Like kids now will never know what that's like. Kids don't know what a sidekick is. Kids nah. don't know what a fucking flip phone is. Nah, Y'all missing out. I, I miss know. my sidekick. <laughs> I, I should bring that hard. back. Twenty nineteen sidekick. <laughs> that shit was hard, yo. Everybody Word. had a sidekick, yo. That shit was hard. <clears throat> um, as far as like topics go, mm-hmm. Space Jam Two is happening. I don't know if you I care about, about that, that with LeBron. I do. I love the original Space Jam, and I'm excited to. And the same director who made Black Panther is directing the Space Jam sequel. What? Yep. Oh shit. Okay. Yep. It's just I. I don't know. Like, can LeBron act? Has LeBron done yes. anything? I've How seen him. Know? I've seen him in a movie. Um, what movie was that? It was a yo. He was hilarious. That's all I can tell you. LeBron James has a real dope personality. Like as a as a, I think he was being himself. Like right. I know he was acting, but I think he was being himself. Like he was funny. I'm trying to remember what movie it was. It was uh, I forgot. Totally. Forgot. <laughs> I've never seen LeBron in I, any I, movie. Oh, bro, I'm a, you know what? Later on after the show, I'm gonna Google it Word. and I'm going to let tell you what it is so you can watch it. But I've seen LeBron act before. He's hilarious, bro. Can he act better than Jordan? Honestly, honestly, yeah. I think so, man. What the fuck? I think I don't think Michael Jordan was a horrible actor. Yeah, but 
I feel like LeBron James is funnier, man. He has a more sense of humor, man. Because, you know, I don't know. He's just like, he's a he's a real, like, family guy. So you can tell he, he's around his kids a lot. Word. You can tell. Word. I wonder if it's going to be filmed kind of how similar, like, the first Space Jam was. Like, I'm sure it's going to be different because we like, have so much technology, t- technological advances that the film producers probably use. Yeah. I don't know. You're probably going to see Steph Curry in there, too. Of course. You know you're going to see other other NBA stars. Yeah. You already know. The kids The kids will probably like that. I, I I'm, I'm gonna, gonna be hesi- I'm gonna be hesitant going in there. I'm gonna watch it. You gonna pay for it? or You gonna wait till Netflix? I'm probably gonna pay for it. I'm oh not gonna lie. I, look, God. I got a stubs card, man. Look, I, no, I, I, what, are you doing? <laughs> Yo, what you doing? This is the AMC stubs card. Yo, I'm the A list. <laughs> the free, the up, the free upgrades on the popcorn. What you know about? Yo, I, I worked at AMC for a year, bro. <laughs> And I trying to settle shits was so hard, man. Was it? Yeah, and that was that was the time I feel like people were still going to movies. I feel like people don't go to movies as much nowadays, they don't, except for so except easy. for Marvel yeah. movies. But yo, them Stubbs cars, man. They 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 do they be cheating you though, yo. <laughs> they 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 be definitely be cheating you with the AMC Stubbs car because you don't get to like you know like before the movie like they advertise the card mm-hmm. and like all the benefits that comes with it. Mm-hmm. There's really only like three, but they go through like five different things you get. Are you serious? Yeah, like so you, you don't really get all those benefits. No, I mean you get like free popcorn show on your birthday, the free okay. upgrades. Okay, and that's really it. I oh. think from what so, I remember. So like when you get points for going to the movies, what do those points? Oh accumulate? no no, like that could like I think the points can like, get taken off for a ticket, mm. and you get like a you get like a little discount when you swipe the card before you buy the ticket. Mm. But you don't get mad shit like they be trying to promote AMC. Fuck, they make it seem like it's now that VIP. I'm gone, yeah, like. <laughs> Now that I'm fucking out of AMC mad years later, I'm exposing y'all. AMC has some banging ass chicken tenders though. I used to sit them you know, shit. I never I never ate no chicken tenders from there. They're good. Movie theater food is rocking. It's pricey no, it as is. fuck. It's pricey as fuck, but I agree. The food is good. What's the last movie you saw in the theaters? You remember? Um, it was a recent movie that just came out. Damn it. Um yo, I watched so much movies. You see uh, Black Klansman? That's so crazy that's literally the last movie i saw in theaters that was my shit yeah it was good it was a good movie bro that last scene with like they're showing like i think it was not ferguson it was in virginia charlottesville mm-hmm. like the whole rise and stuff like that yes that, that shit, was that was touching that, that was shit real. broke my heart man yeah because the fact that that shit actually happened it happened people getting ran over by cars people it, and it's like it's crazy you know you know it's a different time because you've seen white people fighting other white people racist people like yeah white people who weren't racist fighting the racist white people that's like you know what i'm saying for us to be able to see that that means a lot because it's just like like come on you know what i'm saying yeah. like you guys the, the people who are racist it's just like you know it's to me i mean everybody i think all races have a different reason for being racist yeah you know sometimes it's just you know how they were raised but i feel like their perception on you know other races on on black people is literally they look at us like we're not human yeah you know what i mean like they they literally don't consider us human beings they think we're like something else i think there's do you think we're I think this might be a little crazy what I'm about to say, but I think it will take a white person to end racism forever. And I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that because if it take because it'll take the people who started it should be the people who finish it. Exactly. We're just ashing, lashing out in defense. Yeah, you know we're what not, I'm we're saying? not the fire starters. Yeah, and it's just like because not only that, but it's just like I don't know, man. Like I feel like overall in history, black people have been very, very forgiving. For know sure. what I'm saying? Throughout history, we just I haven't slapped at all, y'all motherfuckers, because I forgive y'all. I yeah, forgive with y'all like, craziness. But but I feel the same way. I feel like it would take somebody, like a, a, a white person, to stand up and help 
and racism because their voices, I mean, you know, realistically speaking, their voices are more powerful to their own people than ours are to their people. Right. You get me? There's more so, of them, honestly. Yeah, in this country, like, yeah. But globally, you know, there's more, There's they're the minority in on a global aspect. Really? Mm-hmm. That's good to know. I might have to go somewhere else and be around more, more of my people. <laughs> go ahead, get out of America. But shout out to all the white people that actually support, like, all Yeah, races. yeah. I, I don't think all white people no, are bad, not. obviously. There's some good white people in the world, for real. And but, it's, yeah. My bad. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, but ahead. I am naturally jaded from my experiences with racism towards all white people initially. Right. Just because I've had so many bad experiences within And with that, positive. right? With that, that's why in certain situations, I can't totally be mad at a white person who doesn't – that gets a little jaded by black people yeah. or by other races because it's like you don't know what that guy's experience was. Maybe he got robbed by a black guy. Mm. Maybe that was his only experience with black people. Of course he's going to hate black people because he got robbed. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I'm not saying that it's right. I'm not justifying it. But sometimes I think a bigger issue is that we're not taking the time to understand each other. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're not willing to understand uh, why a white supremacist is a white supremacist. And he's not trying to understand why black people are black people. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. there's there's so much animosity as soon as those two energies enter the room that there's no sense of understanding. There's, there's no, no communication. Of, no communication, no conversation. It's just, I hate you. You're, you're, you're a different color than me. And I hate you. you but know? I've seen interviews of, like, white supremacists. When people, like, have asked them, like, why, their reasons doesn't even make sense. They, they go straight to religion. Like, God, this is how God intended the world to be. That's what I'm saying. Are you religious? No. No. And it's so funny you say that because in my song, Orange Leaves. Oh, you, mean, I, you talking that talk? I'm talking that talk, man. At, like, towards the end of the song, I said, um, um, I put religion to the side and found God in myself. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, for me personally, I feel like religion limits us as humans. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know there's some people who probably hear that and be like, what the hell is he talking about? Like, religion brings you closer to God. But it's like, in my opinion, uh, I think, you know, whatever you perceive God to be, it's inside of all of us. I think God is an energy. I think God is positivity. Right. Right? When you see something positive happening, something good happening, to me, that's God. You know what I mean? I don't look at things in terms of heaven and hell. I don't look at things in terms of because it's just not that black and white. And I, I believe in reincarnation. You know what I'm saying? I feel that the energy that creates our spirit carries over into another life after our physical beings are deteriorated. I feel like there's no sense of indiv- I feel like when people overly religious people lose their sense of indiv- absolutely. individuality. I, absolutely. Because like you it, have it's a cult. You don't believe in yourself at all. Like, no. yeah, you you believe in God, he or she, whatever it is. And you know how blindly some people follow their religion? They don't question anything in it. They just and it's like it kills me because like there's some people who literally will stop loving somebody or telling themselves they don't love somebody because of their religion, right? Because their religion says they can't be with this person. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like you trade, you trade like your, you trade so many emotions, empathy. You trade respect, like for your God. But would your God want you to be sad and miserable just to be obedient? Right. I, I, don't I don't think that's real. In my opinion, I think religion was created. I, I mean, a lot of you know conspiracy theorists say this: like religion was created as a way to control people. It's a business too. It's psychological warfare. That money that's profitable. That money they get in the fucking the baskets. That's just not yeah, tax. It's that's not a business tax, too. Man. Churches are balling. My grandmother money. My grandmother was listening to this, her head would explode. She just she would fucking disown me, honestly, if she heard any of this shit. Hey. I'm definitely more spiritual. I'm spiritual. Yeah. Uh I 
at time I, I don't identify me personally as a god itself, but just the aura that black people emit in general, I feel it's just it's very ethereal, it's very kind of god like. Not mm-hmm. not comparing our energies to God, but I don't know. It's just something different about black people, the way we all move as one Especially when we're all united, I feel mm-hmm. it's it's kind of an unstoppable force, comparable to like a force that God would emit. I know what you're saying. Um, I know exactly what you're saying. I, I think people, I think overly religious people need to just embrace them themselves more than God. And I feel more, and they're free to do that because of what they've read in the Bible. You know what I'm saying? But, but they're not free. But they're not free. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's like you said, they need to embrace themselves more. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's just like understand yourself as a being. Understand yourself. Just understand your existence. You know what I'm saying? Like people are so – people who are super religious also have this sick obsession with death. You ever realize that? Because yeah. they're so concerned about their life after this life. Yes. Which is not proven to exist. They assume it's better than what they it is. They assume it's better. They assume it even exists. You know what I'm saying? Not to say heaven doesn't exist. Whatever. You know, I, I don't believe in heaven and hell. Mm-hmm. Like, I believe in reincarnation. But I believe what you do in this life determines what you how what and how you live in your next life. Like, right. that's my personal opinion. But people who are super religious are obsessed with death. Everything they're doing is in preparation for their afterlife. Their entire existence on this earth is so they can be ready for a better life. They call it a better place. They're in a better place. How do we know that? How do you know that? And I, and not only that, but why are you not focusing on creating a better place in this life? And it's crazy too, like the narrative, especially like Christianity. I've seen like these the preachers on TV, like Joel Osteen, all the ones that like scream mm-hmm. and shit. They all say different things. If mm-hmm. there was just one, if there was just one narrative for religion, maybe I could believe it more. If everything was kind of the same, but why is everything so different when it comes to like why are there different versions of the Bible? Like I feel different like authors because like, it like and that that also contributes to why I don't I'm not religious because there's different versions because they're all interpreted differently. Yeah, they're different interpretations written and documented by other human beings. Right. Mm-hmm. And they're taking that as the word of God and projecting it to other humans as the word of God. And then people who are consuming it for generations are being being told that, oh, these are the words of God, not the words of whoever King James decided to be the author for his version of the Bible. Yeah. Because, you know, there was a lot of poets who had to rewrite the Bible. William Shakespeare was one of the people mm-hmm. that helped revise it and put it together. So it's like. How can I judge my entire existence based on something man made? How can I literally uh, tell you know take what you're telling me and strive with it and believe that that's going to lead me to a existence that you've never witnessed yourself as another human being? Right. You know what I'm saying? It's just right. like how how can I can't? So that's why I'm agnostic. I believe whatever God is is totally beyond human comprehension. Mm. It's totally beyond our science. It's beyond anything we could explain, and I'm okay with that. So like. Kind of like an extraterrestrial, like I don't know, like I guess. If, in, in, I, I mean, I when you talk about extraterrestrial, right? That's something we as human beings created. How we're we could be aliens, you know what I'm saying? We're yeah. calling we're calling something an extraterrestrial because it's coming from another planet, right. but it's also like you know, we're not the only pe- exi- uh, people who exist in or things or beings that exist in the universe. You know what I'm saying? It's a huge, huge, huge universe. I wish I could remember the first time I even heard about God because I feel like that would probably maybe pinpoint a time like what was going on during that time right and like the world in my life but 
I, I want like people who write the Bible. I want to know when the first time they heard about God, who they hear it from, and who right. do they hear it from. Like we need to do a whole timeline of when the shit really started because there's so many different narratives out there. It's poisoning so many people's minds, in my opinion. Yeah, and you know, you think about how much war has been fought and caused by religion, how much death and how many, you know, and it's just. I'm over know. religion. I'm over it too, man. <laughs> it's especially, stressful talking about it. Yeah, especially from like people who you know go to church every fucking Sunday and they think that makes them a good person. You know, right? You, you know, you go to church every fucking Sunday and you probably drop some money in the plate, but then you go do some fucked up shit all during the week. Yeah, it's like I can do everything I want to do during the week, but on Sundays I'm a good person. I'm so a God good will person. forgive me for my sins, right? How all, do you know? How do you, how you know? know God's forgiven? Right. But I do believe. I kind of believe in God. I kind of don't. I, I pray every night, but I, if the energy w- was like a thing, I believe it was a female energy because I feel. I believe. I, I agree. I believe females are more forgiving when it comes to certain things, so I could believe that. Right. Uh, just as men, we have egos. We don't really. Uh, in my experiences with other guys I've met, like we don't really forgive. No, we don't. And even religion itself, Christianity is extremely misogynist. Yeah, for sure. Extremely misogynist. So I wouldn't be surprised if whatever God really is is a feminine. Um, energy, yeah. you know what I'm saying, and that you know us as humans and as men, we decided to take a twist on that and not give women that credit. Because in my opinion, like let's be real, like women are really the center of our society. We do everything for, for women. women. It, even if it's we not, shave for women, but even going back, we shower for our mothers. <laughs> like we could do everything to impress them to get their approval. Like yeah, and then going forward with women we have interest in, we do everything. Everything to impress for them. women. We get a good freaking job so we could have a house so our women can live with us and we can have kids. Yeah. We make sure, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just crazy. Like, everything we do in this society is centered, not even, like, it's just, it's, it's centered around women. But I think it's so ironic how women are the center of it all, but they get so disrespected and, and taken for granted. And I think that's the sickest part of it all. And, and it, the worst part about it even is going for, further is like, I mean, yeah, men will say, we, we have a part in it, but women really are, the, they, are the reason why damn <laughs> say it just say it no 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 no. Filter. no 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 there's not even no filter but like they keep the world going like they keep the they world populated do. regardless if like we have a play partner or not they can have babies without us, without us yeah. so just knowing that we, we even going back further we all came from a woman so we, if you don't respect women if you don't like you don't respect your life yeah you don't respect yourself at the no. end of the day you came from one so that's you're a part of one I just don't understand I think that's so true man the future is female man the Honestly. future is female and I felt like that man I've always felt like that like I was raised by women my aunts Same. my mom my grandma you know I spent a majority of my childhood around females and I think that's what's grounded me so well and helped me become a better man because I truly understand women like right. I understand why they feel the way they feel I understand their position in society and that's why I choose not to be misogynist and I choose to be a feminist. My mother and grandmother like uh even if I didn't realize it uh when I was younger we were poor mm-hmm. but they worked so hard they they kept the the ship steady mm-hmm. so strongly mm-hmm. that I for all intents and purposes I had a great life great mm-hmm. upbringing you know mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll forever be appreciative of that. Mm-hmm. Uh just thank you women for existing for honestly thank you thank for existing you. especially thank my black for- women. 
Yeah, man. And it's just crazy when you hear certain stories. It's always, I hate it, but it's the truth. It's always the guys that do the females. Not always, but yeah. a majority of the time. Yeah. It's like, yo, like I was listening to The Breakfast Club today and some chick called in and she was talking about how she was um, engaged to this guy. They knew each other for years. They were getting married. Um, And, you know, somewhere down the line, he cheated on her. Mm. She forgave this guy, mm. gave him another chance, whatever. They're working on it. Then the next thing happened, he borrowed her car, crashed her fucking car, right? Niggas. Then he drove it, <laughs> dropped it off at her house, and left. Niggas. Then they called her for two days. That's some grimy shit. That's grimy. Yo, the stories that I hear about what dudes do to females is crazy. As far as like even like rape culture shit, like I've seen creepy dudes in the gym like... Try to go up to a girl, feeling her even on the train and shit like that. That's all day in New York. All day. And, um, got to deal with that all the time. I feel time. so bad, man. And, like, even I feel like we can both admit, maybe you can. I know I definitely can. When mm-hmm. I was younger, we've done some borderline rape culture of shit. Of course. But, like, but I'm glad I got on the other side of that. I'm glad I was giving examples right in front of me all day. Like, my, my mom and grandmother of, like, strong individuals and how to treat them and Respect women. Yeah, man. I'm glad I was raised without a father, honestly. I think that's, like, the best thing that ever happened to me, honestly. I understand. I really believe... Because, like, he's already... He's given me a perfect example of who I don't want to be. Exactly. And I was never... I didn't get any examples of, like, the opposite side growing up. So, I'm just... That was the best thing that ever happened to me, honestly. I respect that. Uh, Damn, we've been doing this for mad long. Uh, Let's wrap it up, I guess. Um, We're in the fourth quarter of the year. Mm -hmm. What are your goals for the end of the year going into 2019? Um... I want to have Love, Peace, and Beats released by the end of the year. I want to have Maji's EP released by the end of the year. Um, And those are my two main goals musically. Mm. Personally, uh, I want to... I want to lose more weight. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm in the gym getting right. I've been drinking a lot of kale, spinach, and frozen fruit smoothies. Okay. Now I'm saying every morning. You got that Nutribullet? You know what I'm saying? I do. I actually do. Me too, yeah. Somebody got it for me last year for Christmas. It was the greatest gift of my life. Word. I've been eating a lot of salads, you know. But, I mean, that and really, um, you know, establishing my company with my cousin, my investment company, I want to make sure that goes well. Yo, I'll help any way I can, man. For sure, Any way I can help. And, like, that's it, man. Just I have the beginning parts of everything I want in my life. Mm. I just have to nourish them, maintain them, and help them grow. I have literally – I'm at the entry level of everything that I want. So would you say this year is, like, the year of manifestation? I totally feel like that. And, you know, it's funny because every year feels like that. Yeah. Because, you know, you want it to be like that every year. But something outside of me is starting to – like – with no effort, I'm give. I'm like the universe is aligning me with everything I need. Yeah, I needed a publicist. I have one. I needed the studio to come back and um, you know, have their their their, their spot open. It's open. I needed more artists on my label. I have more artists. I I needed so much. I needed more performances and bigger crowds and i'm getting that i'm getting phone calls from people i've done music with who are saying yo let's let's travel out to pa and perform like Mm. stuff like that is just coming to me so it's like it's really just like what they say if you don't stop and you keep going like the universe will provide but the fruits of your labor man that's what i'm saying and it's oh my god yo i gotta let you hear orange leaves because that's one of the main things i said is like i wish you had it on you today we could have like premiered it i mean i do have it it's in my email oh can you like can we hook it up 
I mean, do you have like because this is the the seven? Do you have the thing? Is uh, it Bluetooth? Caleb, do we have like an aux cord we could hook up right quick? If it's too much trouble, maybe we'll, maybe we'll save it. And but it's cool if you can. Oh shit! Okay, it's all good. Damn, because it's like that's the beginning part of the uh, song. It's like you know, fruits of my label, like I'm Adam and Eve. Mm. It's just crazy. Like that's how I know this song that. <laughs> Because you said so many things during this interview that was alluding to things that I talked about in that song. It's just like, yo, that's I can't dope. wait for that's people. That's the universe. That's literally. That's what I'm saying, bro. My life is literally like this every day. I'm just literally like, damn, like the universe keeps talking. Like, I can't stop doing music if I want it. Like, mm. I've tried and I can't. <laughs> I've, why did you try if you love it? Because it's not. It's, it's because I tried. You know why? Because I always get to this point where I'm thinking maybe I'm putting too much into music and maybe I should be working on a different part of my life. And then I'm just like, but music is my life. You right, know what right, I'm saying? Right. So it's just like, for example, like when I was in college, I was torn between the two. It's like, yeah, I'm in college, but I'm also like trying to get my company established and trying to be a musician. And it's just like, what, what music always wins, mm. always wins. So now I'm just at the point where literally I have no other responsibilities than to pay my bills and create music. Mm. I don't have no kids. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's definitely I got nice. a girl, but she's an independent woman. I mean, I don't have to take care of her, take care of her. She takes care of herself. You mm. know what I'm saying? So it's just like, man, music gets all my time, man. All my free time goes to this. Like, yo, I feel at home with this. Like, there's some people who will never, like, there's some people who will never be able to do, even now, some of the stuff I've already done. And mm. I'm not saying it because, like, I'm super great or anything, but just because of the fact that I'm blessed right. and I'm put in a position where I can meet people who have a freaking podcast. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm friends with somebody who has a podcast. Like, how many artists wish they even knew somebody that had a podcast? That's like an instant promotion, like, That's outside of social media, yeah. And that's crazy. What's man. for you isn't for everybody, man. It's Everything not. that happens to you is for supposed to happen. It, it's, I stop questioning it, bro. I stop questioning it. Right. I, I've I got to a point where back getting towards the end of like my depression, losing all I, when I got to a point where I lost all hope, that was freedom. Mm-hmm. I was able to free myself mm. from just the hope of like maybe I'll get it. Like it's, it's kind of hard to explain. I know what you're saying. It's kind of losing all hope is just freedom. That's, that's what I. That's, it's freedom because it takes away the pressure, it alleviates the pressure, right? And it's just like, yo, you're just, you, you know, you're living. And you know I, I took the leap, and then had this started this 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 podcast, and it's it's been what it, what it is so far. But the universe, I just can't, I can't get over the universe. I, I literally can't. can't get over it how crazy you it was. every time. Because even like us, like. We worked together mad years ago. It was like two, three, four years ago. Yeah. And I just happened to reach out and you were receptive to it. And we've done this. This is your third time here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you potentially might be coming back more. Of course. As like a guest host. I'm down for that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So The universe um, provides. That's my favorite saying. Right. The, the universe provides. And as long as you just move through life as like respectful and just you just treat people and don't take people's your relationships you have with people for granted yeah. you'll never lose man and don't taint your own energy like uh you know spread positivity you get what you give yeah. like the universal laws they they're very applicable to you know to 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 every aspect of how we decide to uh live our lives like the choices that you make literally your life is a result of the choices that you've made Word. you know what i'm saying that's that's why i say you know, heaven and hell exist in the essence of you're going to live heaven on earth if you make the right choices, but mm. you'll also live hell on earth if mm. you make the wrong choices. Right. 
Whatever type of energy you emit is will be your surroundings. That's what I'm saying, man. <clears throat> That's why I was like, I don't want to do none of that grimy and greedy shit. You know, on this journey, I tell you, Jeff, I've tried my best to just be a good person. Right. I've been positive. I've I've encouraged people. I've motivated people. But you don't do that knowing that you'll get something back. No, you just do it. I do it because Great. it's a better way to live. Great. That's point blank period why I do it. Absolutely. It's just a better way to live. It's better than being an asshole and shutting people down and just being a dick to everybody. Right. You know? Like, it's just a lot easier to be a good person. And you don't want that perception of you. You don't want people's perception of you to be, oh, that guy's a dick. You yeah. want to be like, at least I, I like to be like. I like being I think I'm a likable person. Yeah, you are. Thank, thank you. You yeah. are too, man. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Um, so like the projects are your main goals for the end of the year. Mm-hmm. That's it, man. Music, baby. Okay. Music. That's it. You know um, what I'm saying? My goals for the end of the year is just to maintain this momentum of like consistent, consistent episodes or get back on track of consistent episodes. Uh, finish my book, man. I want that out by next year and publish. Man, I'll buy that and I'll really read it, man. man. Like I, I'm a reader, bro. So. I appreciate that. Yeah. It's it's so great so far, and I just I've been slacking. Coming back from vacation, I'm still trying to get back in the motions of doing everything. No doubt. Um, but in due time, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as you don't stop, man, the universe will provide. I'm telling you, Word. you're gonna get everything you deserve. All the tools that you need are they're gonna come. I'm telling you, right? Just keep doing it. Right. I'm I'm so grateful for the people in my life and the people I work with. Like here at Gotham, everyone I met has been so great. Yeah. Um, every time I come here, it's been super good energy. Like everybody here's mad chill. So. Shout out, man. Shout yeah. out, Caleb, man. Word. I want to have him back on the podcast <laughs> again soon. Um, anything you want to promote? Like last minute, like social media. Um, songs so everybody who's listening right now just do me a favor and subscribe to our youtube channel just search jotf records on youtube and subscribe i mean you can see the footage from this interview and Mm -hmm. other interviews that i've done um our music video is up there um be on the lookout for orange leaves i'm gonna be dropping that soon (laughs) and it's gonna be on www.jumpouttheframe.com go under new releases all of our music is up there um, just follow me on Instagram at CR underscore 908. Um, I show love. I follow back, you know, um, that's all I can tell y'all, man. Word. I appreciate you coming on again, man. Yo, man, being here is, is a pleasure, man. Uh, yeah. So like we mentioned, we alluded to, you might be back on some, uh, some more with some more artists you might bring on. I might more be people. on the other side of the table. Word, you know? word, word. That's I'm dope. cool with that. I appreciate that. Uh, if you enjoyed this podcast, wherever you consume this podcast, whether it be iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, wherever, um, Please, please, please share it, uh, like it, subscribe, uh, rate it, because that really helps. That gives me more motivation to do this, because I don't know if you can hear in the sound of my voice. I really love doing this podcast. Uh, as some of the listeners may remember, I was at a point where I almost didn't want to continue this, but I'm still here doing this, and I want to go even uh, even more harder for you guys, and I just want to just keep putting out some decent content and great content and just, I don't know, keep going. So please, again. Wherever you listen to this podcast, do whatever you got to do to rate it up and leave a comment. And that's it. Thank you for listening.